0: We, we can start it also. Recording yes, in sir, progress.
1: Okay. Uh, good morning, uh, all members, members of uh, 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 SCOA, our support staff, uh, members of the public on the, on the, on the platform, uh, National Treasury. Um, <laughs> today, we were having a, a, presen- a presentation Uh, by National Treasury on the Appropriation Bill and the Second Adjustment Appropriation uh, Bill. Um, You'd remember all members that uh, um, standing committee on finance have dealt with the fiscal framework and it was adopted by parliament. And then we engaged on the process of a division of revenue bill, which is a bill which deals with the, the allocations uh, of the national race revenue amongst the three spheres of government. Then there was a portion which then goes to national government, uh, which is the reason why we are meeting today. We are looking at the appropriation bill and the second adjustment appropriation bill, which deals with the allocation that has been given to the national sphere of, 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 of government. I think this is that's the, that's the brief uh, background. This is in accordance with the, the uh, uh, with the, the, the money bills amendment procedure and related act and the PFMA. <laughs> so, oral members uh, will allow national treasury uh, to take us through the presentation. You know how we we'll do it, um, and uh, after that, we will we'll uh, uh, <clears throat> we'll engage with the. the uh, uh, with the presentation, but before I, we proceed, can I I, I
2: check therein, do to
1: have any apologies?
2: No chairperson, we didn't receive any apologies for this meeting. Okay, thank 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 you.
1: Um, let's then uh, proceed with the presentation, uh, Dr. Mampo. Plus minus forty five minutes, please uh, come in, your team. Thank you very good much. Good
3: morning, good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, Honourable Members. Um, thank you so much, Chair, for this opportunity to do the presentation. I'm going to ask Nompumelelo Hathebe to do both the um, the Appropriation Bill and the Second Adjustments Appropriation Bill uh, presentation. I'm sure she won't take the 45 minutes. Nompumelelo,
4: please go ahead. Thank you, Mampo. Good morning, Chair and Honourable Members and all the other meeting participants. I'm not sure, Chair, if I can project the presentation on my side because the sharing screen is disabled. So if I can be given access, I'm happy to project on my side.
2: Terry? I've already done that, Chair
4: Thank you so much. Okay, uh, person. Can I be given guidance if you can see my screen?
1: Yes, uh, we we can. Um, we we can. I think everybody can see the screen. There you go. It's much better now.
4: Thank you so much, and good morning once again to everyone. Uh, Chair, as Mampo um, uh, mentioned, the presentation is going to be in two parts. The first part, I'm going to cover the 2022 appropriation bill. And then the last part of the presentation or the second part, will then talk to the uh, second adjustments uh, appropriation bill. Um, In terms of the uh, outline of the presentation, as per usual, the first part of the presentation, we're just going to do a recap um, of the legislative framework um, and the parliamentary process that governs um, the appropriation bill. And then we will then go into the structure of the, the bill itself and then talk to the specific contents of the bill being the 2023, uh, 2022-23 uh, appropriations. And then the last part of, of of the presentation will then cover the second adjustments uh, appropriation bill. So just again, uh, in terms of uh, background, and the recap, the uh, Section 27 in, in the Public Finance Management Act is um, a section that requires the Minister of Finance to table the annual budget uh, for the financial year before the national Um, Assembly, and that's before the start of the financial year or in exceptional uh, circumstances on a date as soon as uh, possible after the beginning of the financial year. And then Section 27.3 then goes into the specific details of what the the annual budget uh, must uh, take into uh, consideration in terms of the format. Um, And essentially what uh, some of the areas that um, it highlights there that need to be Uh, taken into consideration and included in the budget would be the estimates of the revenue, the estimates of of expenditure, as well as estimates in terms of your interest and and debt service uh, charges, um, the direct charges against the National Revenue uh, Fund, and, and any other information as may be Uh, Prescribed uh, in the format that is issued by the National Treasury. So this is just a recap to remind us of the legislative uh, framework that informs the budget. And then when it comes to the appropriation uh, bill itself, um, it's important to once again highlight that the appropriation bill um, and ultimately the, the act when it's enacted into law is essentially the legislation that provides for the appropriation of money by parliament. Uh, from the National Revenue Fund uh, in terms of Section 213 of the Constitution, as well as Section 26 um, of the Public Finance Management Act. Now, if we look at the uh, Section 213 uh, specifically um, of the Constitution, it provides that money may be withdrawn from the National Revenue Fund, but only in terms um, of an, an, an Act of, of Parliament uh, or as a direct charge and then while Section 26, on the other hand, provides that uh, Parliament uh, must appropriate money for each financial year for the requirements uh, of, of the state. And then when we uh, look at the money bills and related matters uh, amendment, Act Section 71 provides that the Minister of Finance must table the annual budget um, as set out in Section 27 um, at the same time uh, as the appropriation bill, which is what was um, essentially done um, we tabled um, the appropriation bill, the Minister of Finance tabled the appropriation bill on the 23rd um, of February uh, this year. And uh, the appropriation bill essentially just proposes to appropriate money from the National Revenue Fund for the 2022-23 financial year, and which is the year under uh, discussion as well as to prescribe conditions for spending um, of, of funds uh, withdrawn for the 2023-24 financial year. So this is just uh, a background to remind us of the legislative framework. Now, when we then move on to um, the parliamentary process, which I'm sure uh, honorable members are familiar with, uh, starting off with the money bills, amendments, procedure and related uh, matters. uh, It sets out uh, parliament's role uh, in the budget process and uh, also enhances stakeholder participation and uh, coordination. Um, and the, this committee, uh, as alongside the standing committee, uh, on, on, on finance, uh, are the ones that will then deal with matters related to the budget. Um, and then the individual, uh, portfolio committees would then deal with the budget and strategic plans, uh, for, uh, each of the national departments while the standing, uh, committee on public accounts will then deal with all the post-factor issues, uh, raised by the auditor general as part of the, the audit, uh, uh, the audit process, and then as Chair alluded to uh, in his introductory remarks, first the 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 you deal with the fiscal framework, and then the Division of Revenue Act, and then now we consider the appropriation bill because uh, those two have already been uh, dealt with. So that's again just to recap of the parliamentary process, and then looking at um, the. Uh, uh, parliamentary process, again, specifically the issue of amendments um, that govern um, the, the appropriation bill process. Again, to, to just recap on some of the, the key process-related uh, uh, issues is that if the proposals uh, by the, 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 the committee To make any amendments in the appropriation bill, there must be a reason for indicated for the proposed amendments. There must also be a demonstration of how the amendment would take into account the broad strategic uh, priorities uh, of the uh, uh, relevant uh, budget as well. And very importantly, the impact uh, of any proposed uh, amendment on the uh, must also be indicated in terms of the balance between uh, uh, capital and the recurrent spending in the. uh, voted uh, department uh, as, 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 an exa- as an example. And then just finally, um, it's very important to also set out the manner in which the amendment relates to the prevailing departmental strategic plans reports uh, of the Auditor General Committee reports uh, adot- adot- adopted by the House, because it's important that we make sure that everything then is aligned uh, with the, the planning related elements as well. Now, in terms of the 2022 um, appropriation bill, Chair, again to just highlight some of the key um, provisions in, in, in legislation. Section 8.3 um, um, of the Money Bills Amendment and Related Procedures Act uh, notes that uh, the Committee on, on Finance must, within 16 days or as soon as reasonable, uh, submit a report to the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces on the fiscal framework and the revenue proposals. And then Section 9.3 um, of, of the same Act uh, notes that then the division of revenue must then be passed within 35 days after the adoption um, of the fiscal framework by Parliament or as soon as res- as reasonably possible um, after, uh, thereafter. And then while Section 10.7 uh, proposes that uh, Parliament must pass the appropriation bill with or without amendments within four months, after the start of the financial year, which would essentially mean that by the end of July, then the appropriation bill would need to have been uh, passed. And then, Chair, in terms of the, um, uh, the, the, the what needs to happen before in the interim between the time that the budget is, is tabled, the beginning of the financial year, as well as the passing of the uh, appropriation bill, um, it's it's important to also uh, highlight that in the Public Finance Management Act, specifically in Section
0: 29
4: uh, of the Act, it makes provision for spending uh, before the annual budget um, is passed. So it takes into uh, account the first four months uh, of the financial year before actually the appropriation bill is passed. And Section 29.1 uh, notes that before um, an annual budget is is, is passed, Uh, it provides for the withdrawal of funds uh, before the passing of the uh, 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 budget. And and specifically in Section 29.2, it it notes that uh, funds may be withdrawn from the National Revenue Fund, but those funds must be utilised only for services for which uh, the funds were appropriated in the previous annual budget or in the adjustments budget, and then it sets out certain uh, limitation with regards to that. For example, in section in section twenty nine uh, two subsection one, it notes that during the first four months of that financial year, the funds may not exceed at forty five percent of the total amount that was appropriated in the previous annual budget, and that during each of the following uh, subsequent months, it must not exceed ten percent uh, of the total amount appropriated in the previous uh, annual budget. So in aggregate, uh, it must not exceed the total amount that is appropriated um, in the previous uh, annual budget. So this is why then promulgation of the 2022 appropriation bill is is important and necessary because it will then allow for monthly expenditure uh, above the transitional provisions that are provided for um, in section 29 uh, uh, of the PFMA, as well as ensure that expenditure in accordance uh, with the vote and program purposes can also uh, take place. So, okay, moving on now to the actual um, appropriation uh, bill that is under discussion today. Specifically, um, the bill has got two parts uh, to it. The first part of the bill is basically uh, talking to the different provisions uh, to govern the utilization um, of the funds that are appropriated through the bill, while the second part of the bill is now the schedule that lists all the different um allocations to each of the different votes so when we look at the uh, first part of the bill and the and the and the legislation provisions there uh we just wanted to highlight uh some of the key ones section three um of of the bill uh, notes that an amount that is marked as specifically and exclusively appropriated um in the schedule may only be used for the purpose indicated unless the amount or purpose is amended by or in terms of of an Act of Parliament. And this essentially means that there are allocations that through the the allocation process that we earmark as specifically and exclusively appropriated, which means that um, any changes in year that take place against this fund can only happen uh, with the uh, approval of of Parliament through um, an an, an Act and in the main, that would be the uh, adjustments uh, appropriation bill. And then Section 4 uh, provides that the Minister of Finance may, in writing, uh, impose conditions uh, on any amount in, in allocated in the appropriation uh, uh, bill in order to promote transparency and accountability as well as the effective management uh, of the appropriation. And then uh, uh, Section 4B uh, also notes that the Minister of Finance may also stop the use of an amount in respect of which conditions imposed uh in terms of paragraph uh, a are not met so this is for instances where you find that a department um does not meet um the uh, requirements of the or the conditions of the allocated funding then the minister of finance is authorized in terms of the appropriation act uh, to stop uh the, the 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 use of those funds and then in section uh, one uh of 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 the act so this uh, section provides all the in-year amendments related uh, to the utilisation of the funds, it notes that despite section 3 uh, of the Act, so it basically uh, 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 notes that uh, yes, even though some funds may be specifically um, and exclusively appropriated or there may be conditions set um, uh, in terms of the environment of funds, in terms of section 43 uh, of the public finance, it gives authority um, once again to the Minister of Funds uh, in the interest of of, of service delivery that he may approve that unspent funds in an amount uh, allocated in the Appropriation Act uh, may be used for compensation of employees, which is specifically and exclusively uh, earmarked, but the Minister of Finance can approve that uh, funds from compensation of employees be used uh, within the same vote for transfers and subsidies, but specifically, for the payment of uh, surveillance or, or exit uh, packages. It also gives uh, the Minister of Finance uh, the authority to consider uh, uh, a request to shift uh, funds for goods and services uh, for, so that they can be used elsewhere within uh, the same vote for compensation of employees. So essentially uh, increasing um, allocations for uh, compensation of employees which have as I've indicated, is specifically and exclusively appropriated. And then it also provides for um, consideration of requests in regards to utilization of funds for transfers um, and subsidies for other purposes, as well as for payments for uh, capital assets and payments for uh, financial assets. And very important to to highlight, Honourable Members, that in Section 5.2, it limits uh the, the 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 these shifts it says that they, it, the minister may not approve the use of unspent funds in terms of subsection 1 C D or e for compensation of of employees so while the minister of finance can approve that uh, funds for compensation of employees be utilized for severance packages or that money be shifted from uh, goods and services for compensation of employees but then the minister of finance is not uh, authorized to approve any shifts uh of funds. Uh, for comp- compensation of employees that are coming from uh, either transfers and subsidies, payments for capital assets or payments for uh, financial assets. Uh, and then in the second part uh, of the bill, as I've indicated, honorable members, this is where now all the different uh, allocations for each of the votes um, are listed. Um, and, and those uh, allocations are broken down uh, in terms of uh, economic um, classification. Uh, that's how the allocations are listed there, and also important to highlight that for each and every vote, uh, they will then the, the the budget would then be divided uh, in terms of uh, the different main divisions uh, or programs as we 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 also uh, call them, and that for each vote there will then be a purpose of what that vote is intended to achieve, which is generally aligned with what the mandate um, of the uh, specific uh, department is. And then to in order to be able to see these allocations that are earmarked as specifically and exclusively uh, appropriated, we will then use a, a an asterisk sign uh, to, to indicate that. And to, just to give an um, example of some of the items that are specifically and exclusively appropriated, that would be compensation of employees, as I've indicated earlier, as well as conditional grants. And then we also thought it's important to maybe uh, make the link between um the appropriation bill as well as the estimates of of national expenditure, which is another uh publication that the Minister of Finance would table alongside the budget so the uh, estimates of national expenditure or e n e um as it, which is the abbreviation for that is the explanatory memorandum of the appropriation bill, so that is where you will find all the detail. Um that's related to how a specific uh, department or vote intends to uh utilize its 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 funding for that financial year. So it will have information on what um the particular department aims to achieve over the MTF and why, uh in terms of what are the strategic focus areas and how are those um essentially funded within which programs, um, etc. Et, et it will also uh have some information on the previous spending track records uh, of um, departments because it shows the, the the budget information over a seven year period. It also has got um, a table there that shows the performance um, related information uh, for departments as well as as targets. But we always say there uh, it's not very detailed information, and we always um, uh, refer. Uh, people that are going through um, the ENE publication to also consider the ENE alongside departments annual performance plans as well as strategic plans because that's where the detailed information on performance um, is actually captured for um, uh, departments. And then other information that's included in the ENE would be information related to infrastructure spending um, as well as as personnel spending. So essentially, um, as I've indicated, the estimates of national expenditure is the explanatory. A memorandum to the appropriation bill so it's very important that when one looks at the uh, appropriation bill they also read that in conjunction um, with the uh, estimates of national expenditure and then now getting into um the 2022 budget we also thought chair that we'll provide some of the key um, highlights from the budget that was tabled by the Minister of Finance in in, in, in February. Um, uh, what is important to, to, to emphasize is that um, the 2022 uh, budget, fiscal consolidation um, remains a key theme um, of, of budget uh, 2022. Um, but for the first time, I think in a, a number of years, uh, Budget 2022 also provided uh, some uh, support uh to to respond to the uh pandemic, which um as we know has been with us for uh more than two years now. But then it also provided for support for job creation as well as, as social uh protection. Um and then in terms of other highlights uh, of the budget uh chair um it's it's GDP growth um is expected to average um about um uh 1.8% um over the next uh three years. And um, when we look at consolidated um, government spending and consolidated government spending would look at every element uh, of spending in in government, not just what is included um, in the appropriation bill. So when we look at the consolidated government spending, um, it's going to amount to about 6.62 trillion over the next um, three years with uh, more than 50% of that actually going towards um, the, the social wage. And I will touch on uh, the different elements of that uh, very shortly. And uh, when we look at non main budget non-interest spending, it's, uh, budget 2022 increases that by a net uh, of 282.3 billion over the medium-term um, expenditure framework period compared to the 2021 budget. And essentially, this increase, Uh, that we see in main budget non-interest spending is because of that additional support uh, that was provided for the pandemic as well as job creation and and social uh, uh, protection. It's very important to highlight that uh, this was made uh, possible uh, because of higher than anticipated revenue uh, collections uh, over the past that are anticipated um um as well but the intention is not to jeopardize uh, the path uh to deficit um re- reduction so even though we've provided uh, uh additional funding uh to some departments for these purposes this will not jeopardize the path uh to this deficit reduction or the whole uh, fiscal consolidation um agenda that we currently have uh so when we look at now the additional app- uh, allocation so when we look at the breakdown of this 282.3 billion is the breakdown would be that 110.8 billion is allocated in 2022 23 60 billion in 2023 24 and then 56.6 billion in 2024 25 and in the next slide Chair, i will take you through uh who the money was 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 allocated uh, for um if uh, for this uh, particular purpose so with everything i said uh, we are anticipating that the prim- a primary surplus Will be achieved in 2023-24 in uh, and that the consolidated budget uh, deficit will narrow to about 4.2% of GDP by 2024-25. Now getting into the specific details of um, what the spending pressures that are funded in Budget 22 are, we wanted to focus on the 2022-23 uh, financial year because this is essentially um what is also included um, in the appropriation bill. so the main um, recipient uh, of the, the 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 additional funding uh, would be um, the department of social development uh, but specifically for social welfare intervention uh, 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 interventions. so the department was allocated forty four billion uh, and this was specifically for the extension of the special COVID-19 social relief of distress, distress grant um, or the 350 grant as some people call it. So the department was allocated $44 billion in 2022-23 for that purpose. Um, and then we also had um, allocations that were also aimed at uh, supporting our continued uh, response to the pandemic, uh, specifically the Department of Health uh, at, at provincial level was allocated $7.4 billion. Uh, in 2022-23 um, and then the other allocations were also uh, allocated to the national department for the medical uh, interns and community uh, service uh, doctors as well as the uh, COVID-19 um, vaccination uh, program as, as, as well and then we also had an allocation of uh, to, in total 16.8 billion that went to um, the education sector point uh, or nine billion of that was for uh, provincial uh, education um, departments, and then uh, about seven point eight billion of that uh, went towards the national student financial aid scheme to support the continuation of, of bursaries for uh, first year uh, students as well. And then we also had uh, ten billion that was allocated to the infrastructure for infrastructure investment and employment. Nine billion. Uh, of that specifically went to support to a couple of departments to support their uh, short-term job um, creation. And then about uh, 1 billion was allocated for disaster uh, recovery due to uh, storms and, and, and floods. And then the summary of all the other uh, uh, allocations, we couldn't list them all here in the presentation because there's quite um, a long list of that. But the other allocations were uh, about 25 uh billion, 20.5 billion of which was specifically for uh, compensation of employees, and this was to provide for the carry-through implications of the 2021-22 wage agreement. So in total, in uh, 2022-23, 110.8 billion uh, in additional funding is allocated, and then the total uh, over the MTF would be 227.4 billion and then when we look at the social wage chair uh, specifically some of the uh, main uh, allocations that are supporting uh, the social wage about uh, 276.1 billion is for uh, social protection and in the main that would be social grants so about 248.3 billion in total is uh, is allocated for social grants then we also have Um, uh, an allocation of 266.7 billion. Um, That is for uh, basic education, 188.8 billion. That is for community development, specifically housing development, transport, water services, as well as as local government, which includes the local government uh, equitable share. We also have uh, about 24.8 billion. That's for employment programs. And then health um, has got a total allocation of about $234 billion for 2022-23. So in total, the social wage would then be $1.1 uh, for 2022-23. Very important to highlight, Chair, that this is when we look at the consolidated government spending and not uh, spending that is only included in in the appropriation bill. So this is why uh, in total uh, 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 $1.121 would then be going towards uh, the social wage. And then also in the 2022 budget, we also have some um, allocations that are provisional, which means that they are not assigned to, uh, allocated to any vote yet. And uh, these allocations will then be uh, confirmed Uh, once certain requirements have been met. So the the departments that would then, or entities that are listed here, would have to meet certain requirements before um, this funding is actually allocated uh, to them. And then we generally review that in the uh, uh, medium-term budget uh, policy statement as part of that uh, process, and that's when the funding would also be allocated. So when you look at some of the provisional allocations for 2022-23, it will be 4.2 billion uh, for the infrastructure fund, Um, and then uh, 1.3 billion for COVID-19 vaccination uh, program. We're also just showing previously um, other allocations that would have been provisional or over the medium term may have uh, been, for example, for ESCOM as well as uh, uh, the uh, SASA and and, and, and so forth. But in the main for 2022-23, the only provisional allocations are for the infrastructure funds as well as for the COVID-19 vaccination program. And then chair, to also break down um, the allocation that I referred to earlier for uh, the the, uh, employment um, in in intervention. In the main, you had about, um, I think, seven departments um, that uh, received an an allocation. It's very important to also uh, indicate that even though the, the flow of funds went to some of these departments, it does not necessarily mean that it is the departments themselves that are running the program, but it may be either their um, um, entities, um, etc., that have to uh, implement certain elements related to um, this uh, employment creation program. So, for example, um, about 6.2 billion in 2022-23 2020, was allocated uh, to the national treasury, but it's specifically for the provincial. Um, equitable share. So this is funds that are allocated to the to the national treasury, but the provincial equitable share, and the funds will then flow uh, to the uh, basic um, education uh, sector, for because that's where the job creation is going to uh, take place. So they got about six point two billion of that of the total allocation of nine billion. So they received the highest uh, allocation, and then other allocations were also. Uh, For example, to the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture uh, for their uh, uh, creative uh, sector support uh, program as well as, uh, for example, to the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition uh, for the Social Employment Fund, which is where the program that is going to be uh, creating the jobs. And then there were also allocations that went to uh, different uh, metropolitan uh, municipalities as, as, as well. Uh, in terms of the uh, placemaking in in townships and informal settlements and and other um, inner city um, initiatives. there. So in total, chair nine billion was allocated for the presidential employment um, intervention. And in total, we anticipate that um, these particular programs and and initiatives will create uh, about five hundred and thirteen thousand jobs in short term jobs uh, in 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 2022-23. Okay, then i will now move to the uh content of the 2022 um appropriation bill uh, starting off with just a summary high level summary of what is allocated in the bill in total we have about 1 uh trillion that is 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 allocated for 2022 uh 23 in the appropriation bill uh of that uh, about 260.9 or 261 Billion uh, is for current payments, so compensation of employees, goods and services, and interest and 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 rent on land, even though it's not shown here. And then there would also be uh, about 755 uh, billion that goes to uh, what transfers and 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 subsidies. And then we also have uh, 15.5 billion for payments for capital assets and 25.6 billion for payments for financial assets. So, chair, in the next few slides, I will then break down these allocations so that uh, honourable members can get a sense of how this money was allocated in the bill for each of the different votes. So starting off with the overall um, allocations to um, departments, and I say in brackets excluding direct charges just to show that there are uh, also direct charges that may be included uh, in the votes of some of these departments when you look at the estimates of national expenditure, for example, but in the appropriation bill. Uh, as we would know, direct charges are not shown there. So these are the allocations to um, these departments, excluding uh, those direct charges. And in the main chair, about 61% uh, of the total budget is appropriated to um, about uh, five departments, being the Department of Cooperative Governance, the Department of Higher Education and Training, the Department of Social Development, uh, the Department of Police, as well as the Department of of Transport. So when we look at the overall uh, uh, allocations, about sixty one uh, percent of the total budget uh, goes towards these uh, departments, and it's not because they are being favoured for any reason, but it's looking at uh, the different mandates um, and 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 the activities um, that uh, these departments specifically. Um, are required to meet uh, for government so the allocations that are going uh, towards this department will mainly provide for your free basic uh, services your post-school education and training uh, which is mainly uh, the department of of higher education and training and then uh, from a social development point of view the allocation will mainly go towards social grants and then for the police it is for crime prevention and prevention while for transport is for the maintenance um, of the road uh, transport uh, network, among other things. So, we just uh, thought we should also just maybe highlight so that uh, members can see how much went towards these departments, but also show what the allocations uh, to other um, uh, departments were. So, in each of the uh, different slides that are going to follow now, Chair, uh, we're just going to just um, uh, circle in red uh, where the main Uh, allocations where where the bulk of the funding uh, went to other in this particular slide as you can see about 111 billion was to the department of cooperative governance 109.5 billion to higher education and training and about 257 billion went towards social development and then if we look at this slide uh, we show that about 100.7 billion um, of the total uh, allocation of 1.057 trillion was allocated to the police and then about 69 uh, billion went to transport. But you can also see the allocations to all the other uh, different departments, which essentially make up the total um, allocation of uh, 1 trillion for 2022-23. And then Chair, now moving into the detail uh, per economic uh, classification. So under current payments, as I've indicated, one of the items there is compensation of 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 employees so when we look at the compen- the total compensation of employees um allocation we see that uh once again uh some departments are more labor uh intensive than others so those that are more labor intensive would then receive the bulk of the allocations for uh compensation of 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 employees and, and in this particular slide uh, the Department of uh, Higher Education and Training will receive about $10.8 uh, um, of the overall uh, total allocations for uh, compensation of, of employees. In total, uh, the allocation for compensation of employees uh, for national departments would then amount to $179 billion in 2022-23. Uh, and then the highest allocations are to the labor intensive um, departments, which include the Department of Higher Education and Training, the Police, um, Defense, Justice, and Correctional Services. So in the main departments within um, the safety and security uh, cluster because they are generally labor um, intensive. Just to also highlight, Chair, um, uh, the allocation for the Department of, of Education, Higher Education and Training provides uh, for, amongst others, the salaries of over uh, $16,000 uh, and over 9000 uh, CET um, lecturers in, in, in these institutions of, of higher learning and education. And then when we look at the slides here, we see all the allocations for departments and including those uh, that for labor intensive um, departments in the peace and security uh, cluster, your police, your, your defense, your correctional services and justice and constitutional development. And then the total there, as I've indicated, for compensation of employees in 2022, 23 would then be 179 uh, billion. And then moving to uh, goods and services, which is also under uh, current payments, uh, the budgets for goods and services generally provide uh, for the administrative or operational um, expenses for departments. And this would range anything from being able to provide uh, for their uh, office accommodation, being able to uh, provide for the utility um, expenses associated uh, with that, and also being able to provide for the tools of trade uh, of departments to be able to execute um, their their mandate and and responsibilities. So when we look at the goods um, and, and uh, services budget, and say, I have.
3: Sorry,
4: can
1: we can we yeah
0: thank you
1: thank you so much i i don't know who's having a, a number of 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 chassell castle can you please phone him or her and uh request humbly to that can they mute there yeah, there's only one person who's talking all of us are muted and and that would be miss uh, miss please uh, continue please 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 everybody who's on the platform unless he or she's talking must be muted otherwise we we, we are disrupted thank you
4: thank so, you can, very much chair thank you so much chair. So as I was uh, saying, when we look at the breakdown of the allocations for our goods and, and services, we once again are highlighting um, uh, the, the, some of the areas where the bulk of the funds will be going towards. And, and the, for example, uh, for cooperative uh, governance, uh, about 4.8 billion of their total budget is allocated for uh, goods and services. And that uh, budget would also provide for the community works uh, program, which is de- delivered uh, through the Department of Cooperative uh, Governance. And then um, the Health uh, Department uh, about four billion of their total budget is allocated for uh, goods and services. And this budget would uh, provide for um, medicine and medical supplies, contractors, as well as operating leases, amongst other. Uh, operational uh, expenses of the department as well. And then we have um, about 2.2 billion that's allocated to the Department of of Basic um, Education. And uh, one of the main spending drivers under goods and services for basic education would be the printing and distribution of workbooks for grade R to grade nine um, learners. And then the Department of International Relations and uh, Corporations um, is allocated about 2.5 billion uh, for goods and services, and that mainly provides for their travel. As we know, in this particular department, travel is one of the key uh, spending uh, drivers because of the nature of their mandate. But then it also provides for operating leases as well as uh, operating payments. And then in the case of uh, Home Affairs, the $2.9 billion that is allocated for goods and services would mainly be for uh, computer services, operating leases, as well as property payments. And then when we look at other departments, once again we see um, uh, some departments in safety and security that are highlighted here. So, because of the uh, size uh, of, of 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 their budget, uh, the goods and services budget also needs to be able to provide for the operational um, expenses uh, for these particular departments. So. For the departments in in peace and and security, for example, the cost drivers under goods and services would include uh, office um, accommodation. As we know, a department like uh, defense would have military bases, while departments like police or correctional services, they would have police stations and correctional services uh, uh, facilities in different uh, parts of the the country. So uh, office accommodation or operating Uh, or uh, uh, leases would be uh, one of the uh, key cost drivers under goods and services uh, for these departments. And then uh, we also have other departments like the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development that will uh, receive about 3.8 billion as part of the goods and and, and services department. And that would be for uh, provision of administrative uh, support in that department, while the Department of Forestry, Fisheries um, and the environment is allocated $4.7 billion, um under, under goods and, and, and services, and that's mainly for agency and support and outsourced services. And Chair, if you have, you require more details on what's underlying some of um, these uh, items, the different uh, uh, function leaders within the National Treasury can be able to provide um, that detail as part of the question and answer session. And then when we look at transfers and subsidies uh, allocations by vote, um, the main transfers um, that uh, uh, or the departments that receive the biggest allocations for transfers and subsidies would be cooperative governance, national treasury, uh, basic education, higher education and training, health and and social development. And for cooperative governance chair, that's mainly the local government equitable share as well as the municipal uh, infrastructure grant for health. Um, the Transfers and Subsidies Budget mainly provides for transfers to um, the entities as well as the human resources and training brand. Uh, for the National Treasury, as we know, it's got a number of entities. So the Transfers and Subsidies Budget mainly goes uh, for, for transferring um, the, the budget for operational expenses of the various um, entities that the National Treasury has uh, and subs is one of those. And then for basic um, education, the allocation mainly provides for the infrastructure grant and school uh, nutrition program, uh, whilst for higher education and training, it provides for subsidies and uh, for universities, as well as the national student financial um, aid uh, scheme as well. And then for social development, which receives the bulk, as you can see, $256.1 that would be for a social grant. And then again, here we we'll list uh, some of the allocations for other uh, departments, highlighting um, the Department of Transport, which has got a budget of 67.6 billion for transfers and and subsidies, and that's mainly for transfers to SANDRAL uh, as well as Prasa, and then also for various uh, uh, grants uh, in, in 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 that are administered uh, by the department, such as your Provincial Roads Maintenance Grant public transport operations, as well as the public transport network uh, operations grant um, as well. And then as we move towards wrapping up the allocations per economic classification, the next one would be the payments for capital assets. So this is in the main providing for all the uh, um, infrastructure-related elements of spending in, in departments and the departments that have got um, the high uh, highest allocations for payments for capital assets would be uh, basic um, education and health, as we indicate uh, on the slide. And for basic education chair, uh, that budget would mainly provide for the school infrastructure backlog grant, uh, which is an indirect grant um, that is uh, included in the Division of Revenue Act as part of, of, of Schedule 6A. Um, and then uh, for health, it's the construction is main- for construction maintenance, upgrading and rehabilitation of new and existing um, health infrastructure. So that is that uh, allocation of 1.4 billion. And then if we look at other uh, departments, um, we see that uh, the police will receive about 3.6 billion um, in 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 the budget for payments for capital assets, and that's mainly to provide for the construction and upgrading. Um, of of police stations, as well as machinery and equipment. Again, um, that is also because of the nature um, of the activities that are being performed by the uh, police. And then for water and sanitation, they've got about $4.4 and that is mainly uh, for the bulk regional infrastructure and water services uh, infrastructure grants. These are also uh, grants that are designated for uh, special programs in Schedule 6B, um, of 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 the division of of revenue act so in total chair we've got about fifteen point five billion that is allocated for payments for uh, capital asset and then the last uh, economic classification item would be payments for uh, financial assets in total we've got about twenty five uh, point uh, six billion that's allocated for that one point nine billion is the allocation that is allocated under the national treasury vote. And that is specifically to provide for um, the recapitalization uh, of, um, you know, uh, different institutions such as the Land Bank, um, the World Bank, African Development Bank, as well as the African Development Fund. And then whilst $23.6 uh, is allocated to the Department of Public Enterprises, but specifically for transfer uh, to Eskom. To, to Uh, as part of that uh, continued uh, uh, process of helping them deal with, amongst others, their uh, interest and other uh, debt-related issues. In summary, Chair, the cost pressures um, that are funded in the budget uh, or in the 2022 appropriation uh, bill uh, uh, through a combination of reallocations, reprioritization and additional funding, as I've indicated. So some of the cost pressures were not funded uh, by adding onto the uh, baseline of departments, but they were funded through reprioritization uh, of the existing budget within um, a particular um, department. And priority was given to those interventions that are associated with the impact uh, of COVID 19, as well as to meet urgent service uh, delivery needs. And I'm just summarizing once again some of the largest allocation, the bulk uh, of the funding that was allocated in 2022 23 went towards uh, the Department of social um, development to extend the special COVID-19 social relief uh, of distress grant for 12 months. Then we also had uh, allocations that went to health, um, um, education, and then 9 billion for the presidential employment intervention for the creation of uh, more than 500,000 or 514,000 short-term jobs in 2022-23. Again, in summarizing the presentation, about 71% of the total budget Uh, is allocated for transfers and subsidies, and that's mainly for social grants or conditional grants, transfers to public entities, as well as for university subsidies and the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. And then the largest share of compensation of employees' um, allocations uh, went towards the labour-intensive departments, such as those in the Peace and Security uh, Function Group. Uh, Very important to highlight here is that we have not made any provision for increases in compensation of employees' um, expenditure above the carry-through implications of the uh, wage agreement that was signed uh, in the 2021-22 financial year. So departments are still required to continue um, adhering to their compensation of employees' ceiling, and if needed, uh, they must also reduce their personnel numbers to make sure that they are within um, the available uh, budget. Uh, payments for capital assets constitute about 1.5% uh, of the total budget and it's mainly for uh, your indirect direct uh, grants. And overall, Chair, we're saying that any permanent uh, new spending uh, commitment. so even though we have provided funding, uh, you know, to support uh, social uh, protection as, as an example of job creation, but it's very important that any permanent new spending uh, commitments such as your additional social protection. So if we go beyond um, the 12 months, it, they have to be fully financed um, through um, other measures such as your tax measures or spending cuts to uh, to prevent the deterioration of, 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 of fiscal balance. So it's very important that we find a sustainable uh, funding model for these. And then Chair, just quickly to then summarize the second uh, adjustments uh, appropriation bill, that was uh, enacted in in 2022, but it's for the 2021 uh, financial year. Again, just a brief brief background to remind us of the legislative uh, provision that gives rise to uh, the Adjustments uh, Appropriation uh, Bill. Uh, And just to maybe highlight uh, on on the slide, we start off now with the Appropriation uh, Bill, which eventually becomes uh, an Appropriation Act. And then thereafter, it's the Adjustments Appropriation Act. And then it may also happen that in addition to the Adjustments Appropriation Act, we may also need to issue other adjustments uh, to the budget post the adjustments uh, budget process, which generally happens in in, in October of of, of every year. So those further adjustments, uh, if they are required to authorize uh, authorize expenditure that is approved in terms of section six of the Appropriation Act and section 16 uh, of the Public uh, Finance Management Act, uh so the 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 section 3a of of of, of the uh, special uh of the second adjustments appropriation bill notes that um despite the effective date of this act, the appropriation of money for expenditure in terms of uh section six uh of the appropriation act uh, must be regarded as an appropriation and expenditure for the 2021-22 20, financial year. So even though we, we had it enacted. In early in 2022, but the uh, expenditure will be regarded as 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 expenditure for the 2021-22 financial year. And then, in terms of section 16 uh, of the Public Finance Management Act, it must be regarded as an appropriation for the 2021-22 and 2022-23 financial years. And the expenditure must be recorded in the financial year in which any portion of the appropriation is spent. So if part of it is spent in 2021-22, it must be allocated in that financial year. And then if another part is allocated in 2022-23, it must be recorded in that particular financial year. Just to show, Chair, so in the uh, second uh, appropriation bill, we had two um, allocations and it was to the National Treasury as well as to the Department of Health. And I will just briefly indicate what that funding was uh, allocated for. So about 500 uh, million uh, went to the National Department of Health to pay for COVID-19 vaccines and related uh, logistics. And those funds were allocated in terms of section 61B of the 2021 Appropriation Act. And it's very important to highlight, here that they are subject to conditions, which is that A, there must be monthly reports on expenditure that are, uh, are also Provided as well as the availability of supply and and the delivery set schedule, since this is related to COVID nineteen uh, vaccines and related logistics, and also national treasury approval for additional vaccine purchases uh, must also be must also be obtained before they can be uh, made. So if we look at the overall allocation share to health uh, in 2022-23, 2020, uh, they have about uh, 5.3 billion, but actually in 2021-22, they've got 8.8 billion in total. And these are allocations that went towards uh, the COVID-19 vaccination uh, program. So the 500 million was in addition to funding that was already uh, provided in 2021-22. So in total, when we consider the period 2020-21 to 2022-23, in total, we have allocated about 15.3 billion Uh, towards the COVID-19 vaccination rollout. And this uh, table basically shows uh, the different elements uh, related to this. For example, some of the funding went towards communication campaigns, others went towards the service delivery-related costs of of the vaccination program, and then the bulk of the funding was actually for the procurement uh, of the actual vaccine as well as the distribution, as well as the other information uh, systems that are needed to implement that. And then finally, chair, um, some funding went towards. Um, uh, to they went towards uh, SASRI, as we know, uh, the July 2021 uh, unrest that happened uh, last year uh, resulted in an increase uh, in the magnitude uh, of, of of insurance claim that were received uh, by this um, entity, and this resulted in, in sasria being technically uh, insolvent and unable to settle claims. Uh, because the magnitude of the claims that they received exceeded what was available um, in, their, uh, in their budget, essentially. And as a result, they were not able to maintain a minimum solvency um, ratio of 100%, which is required by the pr- prudential authority in the Reserve Bank. So, uh, based on uh, the claims that had been received uh, from the, uh, or emanating from the July 2021 uh, civil unrest, uh, SASRIA then needed to settle. Uh, about uh, claims amounting to about 32 uh, billion, and because they did not have enough funding, they needed uh, an equity injection of about uh, 22 uh, billion. But specifically in in the 20 uh, in the second uh, special uh, uh, appropriation uh, act, uh, the, about 3.9 billion was provided, and then uh, 70 7.1 billion was then provided uh, through section 161 of the public finance uh management uh and act and then about 11 billion through section uh, 61b of the appropriation act 2021 so in total it's about 18 billion um in in in, in total uh, that was uh, allocated uh, 18.1 billion uh, if we include the three point nine uh, billion. and this was to enable Sasha to settle uh, all the valid claims because not all the claims that it receives were uh, are actually valid but uh this should be able to provide to to enable them to provide all the claims that are uh, uh, that are evaluated and deemed to be uh, valid. And then, um, following the receipt of, of this government support, uh, because of the, the the pressures that I've indicated earlier, the fact that uh, SASRIA was technically uh, insolvent, but because of the receipt of additional government uh, support uh the external auditors were 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 able to 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 confirm um and sign off on the annual financial statements for the entity for the thirty four for the twenty uh twenty twenty one financial year and they were satisfied that sasria uh, is a going uh, concern because they've received this um additional financial support from 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 government and then sasria also uh confirmed that um uh, it's, its SCR will, will recover to a projected uh, 120% uh, by June uh, 2020. So even though the Prudential Authority requires 100%, they confirm that they can actually uh, uh, that they can actually reach about 120% uh, by June uh, 2020, 2022. But that is provided that the entity manages to achieve um, a 90% claim uh, payout rate by then. And then uh, the entity also projects to achieve um, a solvency um, ratio of about 160%, 166% um, as at uh, the end of March uh, 2023. And that's if all these um, initiatives that I've highlighted uh, actually get effectively implemented. So, Chair, in summary, that would be the summary of the uh, second uh, adjustments appropriation bill as well as the 2022 uh, appropriation bill.
1: Thank you so much, and back to you. Uh, thank, thank you so much, uh, uh, Ms. Hatere. Uh, Dr. Mampo, any additions? Can you proceed?
3: Thank you, Chairperson. I think the only addition I have for now, um, is just to explain the regulations for um the social relief of distress grant as um we were talking last week can i do that chair or do you think we should take questions and then i can with it through the questions
1: no you, you can do it now uh, dr mambo all
3: right thank you chairperson so basically um what i'm trying to explain is how we um, did the regulations. So in the past, Chairperson, um, the main focus was looking at people who are unemployed, and that was the prerequisite for you to get the funding. Now, there were people who um, were not were not included, and um, they were appealing. So those people that appealed the decision by Sasa, then we looked at the Um, 596, which is the poverty line. So what we are doing now, Chairperson, is that we are looking at um, doing these verifications for everybody, and we finally got um, the concurrence to work with the banks to do the verification. So the 350 It's for everybody, unlike in the past where the focus was only on the people who were appealing, and that number was around one one odd million. So I had a discussion with the Department of Social Development, and they have uh, been talking to COSATO on this, but basically what they will be doing is that through these verification processes and looking at the budget that exists, they will then be looking on a monthly basis at these um, Threshold of 350, and if the the verification are uh, excluding people who should not uh, be receiving the grant, and they have sufficient money in the budget, then they will reconsider um, the 350. But they have been doing the presentations, chairperson, in neglect. And I think if the committee um, wants further details on this, they can definitely um, come into the into uh, the presentation. I thought I should give you just the feedback, chairperson, that the 350 is a new thing, and we're looking at it for everybody while in the past the, there was no amount for people it was just a person who's unemployed and then um, the 596 was for people who are appealing Um, not for everybody so we're trying to include as many people as we can and um, that's why we're starting at the grand value which is which is the 350. Um, thank you chair.
1: Uh, uh, thank you, um, uh, Dr. Mampo and uh, uh, Ms. Hadere, uh, for the for the presentation on the bo- on both of the bills. Oral members, uh, you know how we we, 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 we do it. Uh, can we, we, we start? Let me start by getting indications of uh, the oral members who would like to have uh, <coughs> um, have questions or comments on the on on the bills that have been presented. Okay. Just,
5: okay,
1: It's Honourable Peters, Honourable Sarupen, Matafa, Honourable Matafa,
6: Mlenzana,
1: Honourable Mlenzana. <laughs> Honourable members, Honourable members, and other members would like to come in. I've got Honourable Peters, I've got Honourable Sarupen, I've got Honourable Matafa, Honourable Mlenzana. Any other Member before I close? Kaiso. Honorable Kaiso, uh, Is that it? Any other person? Honorable members? Okay. Um, and know other members are also with some uh, um, challenges as far as connectivity is concerned. If they come back to the platform, please indicate honorable members if you would like to have a question or a comment on the presentation, uh, presentations uh, uh, by Mr. hadebe and Dr. Mampo. Thank you, Robert Peters, can you start?
7: Thank, thank
8: you, thank you, Jefferson. um Mine is just a very short, this uh, 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 a uh, question, uh, probably related to the last parts of Oh, let me start by thanking uh, 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 National Treasury, uh, uh, Dr. Mampo, and Mehatebe uh, for the presentations. And uh, also to indicate, Chairperson, to that um, my questions are going to be very short. My one question is related, and uh, I would think that, chaperson you preempted my question by asking uh, uh, Dr. Mampo to speak to that 350 issue, the social relief of distress. My question, Dr. Mampo, is why is it that National Treasury is not supporting SASA and the Department of Social Development on a public education or awareness campaign with regards to this particular issue? And and to avoid a situation, Chaperson, where national treasury becomes reactive to whatever is put in the public domain with regard to a matter as important as this one, I'm sure Dr. Mampo would be aware that many people really appreciate this a uh, uh, 350 to an extent that our people even even uh, uh, our people even made a song about it over and and for 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 me it means that the 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 unsavoriness that existed last week was primarily because of lack of information and and, and not understanding what exactly is going to happen with regard to this 350 when the president spoke to it, as well as the the Minister of Finance in his budget. So I still believe that uh, despite what uh, 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 Dr. Mampo said today, there needs to be a public uh, uh, education program that would help uh, the public to understand what the approach is because I think it is a, a matter of approach not necessarily whether people will get it or not get it my second question Chairperson, goes to the uh, to Mehadebe with regard to the issue yeah yeah now I, I I'm, I'm still a bit confused why should a, a SASRIA's shortfall be covered by uh, the National National Revenue Fund. Are the businesses that are beneficiaries from this or make claims against, uh, or any beneficiary that makes claims against SASRIA not making contributions? And they have been making contributions for many years. And there was a stage where we were told that SASRIA is financially uh, sustainable. And I just want to find out whether when a, 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 a SASRIA is financially sustainable or cash flushed, for lack of a better word, do they pay dividends or profits to, to, the, states, to the state? And is, is National Treasury able to monitor businesses that claimed compensation from SASRIA but did not return to service after the July, uh, 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 this thing. That means they closed shop. They just took their, uh, they made their claims and then closed shop, not to return to, to, to service again. And what about the workers? Is their losses not included in the claims that uh, these businesses would have submitted to SASRIA I I know that we will talk about the intervention of the Department of Labor through the, what is it called, the, is it STER or whatever it's called, when the, the, with the intervention that was made at the time of the beginning of COVID, I just forgot that acronym, but it is true the, 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 unemployment uh, uh, insurance scheme. So I think it is important that we get to know what then happens to those uh, those workers. Are they now just left to be an addition to the number of people who are unemployed and their issues have not been addressed? Thank you, Chair. But otherwise, I really appreciate the presentation because it helps us with the engagements going forward with the appropriations there. Thank you,
1: Honourable uh, Peters, Honourable Sarupen,
5: it's your Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, most of my questions relate to the main appropriations bill and not the special appropriations bill, um, so I'm just going to fire them off. Uh, firstly, how does the new appropriations bill for this financial year reflect a previous commitment to zero-based budgeting? The Treasury and the previous finance minister had made a commitment um, in Parliament to zero-based budgeting and... It does not appear that that's come to fruition and the new finance minister has not walked it back. I mean, I think, Chair, considering that no finance minister has actually appeared before this committee since the start of this term, it would be great if we could get the finance minister as well to come and brief us on his vision and how he intends in running the ministry going forward, considering that this committee is the custodian of his legislation. Then, um, Chair, uh, my second question is um, with regards to long-standing programs run by various government departments that are funded. Um, often programs are initiated and then they're financed every year in the appropriations bill. And we, we as the committee go into, and we'll summon a handful of departments and ask them about the efficiency of some of the programs that might've been in, initiated in 98 and or 99 or 2000 that are still funded. But I'd like to know if there's any assessment by Treasury and whether these longstanding programs are getting value for money. And if such programs are not, and plans are not duplicating other departments' functions. Um, And in this regard, Chair, I'd like to understand how Treasury ends up agreeing to funding duplication of programs. I'll give you an example, Chair. There's programs in National Treasury to support municipalities in their financing and budgeting, but they're also the same programs being run by Cogta. And then the same programs around support for budgeting is being run by provincial government departments, both provincial Cogtas and provincial treasuries. So what we have in this case is four programs trying to achieve the same outcome, which is to make sure that municipalities budget efficiently and manage their cash flow and finances efficiently. Um, And I'd like to know how it ends up that these things get funded in appropriation bills. Then Chair, my fourth question is, how is National Treasury going to be dealing with the duplication of programs that we see across national departments, provincial departments and municipalities, um, which is actually financially inefficient? And then my last question, share relates to containing the public sector wage bill in the new financial year. What steps are being taken to curtail the massive costs of 30,000 millionaire managers in the public service? We must be clear it's not our teachers, our doctors, and our nurses that are actually the drain. It is, in fact, those numbers have been capped and aren't growing in relation to population size. But we've got a class of millionaire managers who are getting seven, eight, 9% increases, um, the same as the rest of the public service but are earning a lot more, more than members of parliament, more than the president, et cetera, et cetera. And we need to understand what steps are being taken to curtail a growth in expenditure there. Because giving five, a five or 6% increase to a teacher earning 220,000 rand a year is a lot less than giving a five or 6% increase to a senior manager earning more than a million rand a year. Thanks very much, Chair, those are my questions.
1: Thank you, Honorable Sarupen, Oral Matafa.
5: Thank you very much, Chair.
9: Uh, Like Honorable Peters, let me thank the presenters for the presentation made. Uh, Chair, I have only two short questions, and and one revolves around the issue of job creation. Uh, One appreciates the fact that, uh, indeed, this budget is responsive to the challenges that are faced by ordinary South Africans. Considering that up to 50% uh, of the appropriations bill is earmarked for social expenditure. However, uh, in the presentation, it is noted correctly that the presidential employment initiatives in the main create short term employment opportunities. Now, the question that I have there is that since the country is battling with a high youth unemployment, what other areas of the budget can be considered to be responsive to this challenge? And and second to that, Chair, I'm one of those that agree with the President that the private sector should lead the effort of job creation. From the Treasury's point, what issues are hindering the private sector to actually get their hands dirty to ensure that the issue of job creation are er- eradicated once and for all because where I'm sitting I may be wrong I, I have a view that the private sector is also moving very slow and they do not appreciate the agency that the country is facing as far as the issue of job creation is concerned. The, the last one Chair, it's a operational one and, and that I think the budget uh, going forward can, can assist particularly as we speak to the issue of capital asset transfers. Mehadebe speaks about bulk water infrastructure projects that will be identified and a certain allocation is made to ensure that these particular projects are completed. My question is, how will these beneficiaries be identified so that they are classified as special projects? If they have been, can I check also if uh, Twani is involved? two areas of particular interest. The one issue, which has become a human rights issue, where the Human Rights Commission has also made a pronouncement, is the issue of Hamaskral wastewater treatment plant. I'm interested to find out how would a plant of this nature and a catastrophe of our residents consuming contaminated water be classified as a special project in order to qualify for this particular capital transfer. The last one on the same issue of capital assets transfer dealing with water is the issue of Henops River, which its mouth is located in Ekuru Lane, but as it flows into the city of it goes through Centurion and passes through the lake and the mall. Now the contamination of the lake has caused business flight to a point that people have lost their jobs. How, how then do we ensure that this issue also gets priority in terms of budget allocation and, and, and consideration by this particular capital transfers? Because between the city of Tuan and Eguruleni, there is uh, issues of pushing the bag to say, no, but this is not my responsibility, it's on your area. And then Tuan says, no, but Eguruleni, this uh, mouth of this river is in your area. You are supposed to save it upstream so that you are not affected downstream. I just wanted to pose just those two questions, Chair, but uh, the Appropriations Bill is uh, very much welcome, as I indicated earlier. In in my view, it is very responsive to the current challenges that the country faces. Thank you very much, Chair.
1: Honourable Matafa, thank you. Honourable Lenzana, please come
6: in. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and good morning. Uh... Let me just show my face, chair, just to create. Long time no see. Uh, I was held up, you know, by this uh, serious and heavy flu. But uh, at least now uh, I'm getting there. Uh, it's just now, if you can notice, the voice is still hoarse, but uh, I'm getting fine. Uh, let me let me switch off this video, chair, if you allow me. Let me follow suit uh, in terms of welcoming the presentation, well crafted uh, amid uh, the challenges uh, that uh, Treasury has uh, at this time. Uh, I I, I hope that Dr. Mambo, you would come uh, to us for an appeal for another special appropriations, I guess, following the floods uh, in KZN and Eastern Cape. Uh, that, that has been severe and I'm sure would definitely need our, our specific relook into what we would have approved to uh, It has to be, you know, given a separate, uh, you know, uh, look uh, aside these uh, other other challenges that have been raised. Chairperson, my first uh, generic question to Dr. Mampo and the team would be, are they implementing SCOA's uh, resolutions to the latter? Uh, if yes, are they able to to, to to account to us item per item not necessarily in this meeting I'm raising this chair because there would be issues which you would raise a score to Treasury for a particular uh, look and implementation. But down the line during implementation you would be shocked to learn that, uh, Ahman, it is not what we decided upon, but now Treasury is implementing something totally different to what uh, we resolved. Uh, I, I am glossing over this deliberately, Person. I don't want to be specific because I don't want to spark fire. Uh, Secondly, Chair, would be. Uh, on, 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 on the presidential uh, implementation uh, intervention, on the, the, the employment uh, intervention, that presidential empl- uh, employment intervention. Do we have, uh, Dr. Mampo, some kind of uh, monitoring tools, particularly monitoring cash flow? When I'm saying monitoring cash flows, is cash flowing as per uh, the designed time frame? Uh, is cash flowing as per the the, the need identified? Uh, is there no disjuncture? Is there no uh, a loophole which creates a situation that we budget and ultimately? We don't realize because of whatever delays uh, in the flow uh, of things towards implementation. Uh, Chairperson, uh, you know, I have a question here. I think I once asked. I welcome this budget, Chairperson, because if you look at it, the bulk of it would go towards social services. But, but now, Chair, My question is to Dr. Mampo and Tim, I relate this uh, to, for instance, you are talking COVID, you are talking the July occurrences, uh, and now the floods. How do you try to balance creation of a welfare state versus uh, the advancement of a developmental state through economic recovery and transformation. My theme, Jefferson, for today would be around job creation because if you notice, the same question that I'm raising now goes back to finding a way of reducing the unemployment uh, statistics that we have in the country. Thanks, Jefferson.
1: Thank you, Honorable Mdenzana. Well, 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 welcome back. You you sound very healthy. um, And I I hear the voice, uh, other people are saying that's the voice that they want. So keep it that way. Um, Thank you so much. We can can hear loud and clear, and welcome back. Uh, and, And I think the same applies to Honorable Sarupen. He was also not feeling well. Uh, at some stage, but I can hear that is is quite healthy now.
10: Um, Can I allow honorable kaiser to come in? Yes, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair and Members. I want to also uh, report myself back um, from short illness, and uh, I'm up on my feet. Thanks very much for for the support. I'm here, Chair. Uh, Let me... Also, take the cue on what my colleagues have said in as far as welcoming the the presentation by Treasury. In fact, it was well, you know, uh, 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 presented and illustrated so that we are able to follow what what is there in as far as the bill is concerned. And uh, thank very much, Dr. Mampo and your team. I want to uh I have two, uh, uh, um, three issues to raise uh, or questions to ask, but let me start here. Uh, yes, the, the, the budget takes the care of the social wage uh, to a larger extent, you know, covering the, uh, the situation our people find themselves, especially the, the poor. So at least such allocation will be able to mitigate around the issue of poverty, you know, uh, yes. But then I want to come back to a situation where uh, Honourable lens has raised as well, because I'm asking myself, uh, how do we, how is treasury going to balance this? Uh, whereas the growth of, there is a growth of, you know, a social wage, which is, which, which is fine. Uh, for to intervene in this current situation. But I think there has to be more that Treasury has to look around, to shop around in as far as you know, attending to the assisting in as far as the issue of unemployment is concerned. Uh, you know, not only you know, focusing on one area where there's, a, there's only expansion on the social wage, but at the same time, there is a expansion of unemployment. So there has to be a way that, how to arrest the, uh, that situation. I, I thought maybe Treasurer would also, besides not only relying on, you know, presidential uh, 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 youth employment initiative, that creates jobs for, for you know. So, but then the, uh, I wish there could be some sort of a template that seek them to say, now, in as far as job creation and you know uh, and unemployment is concerned, particularly as treasure, we thought we must bring these things together, which should then talk to the uh, issue of also economic recovery and job creation. So, specifically, uh, uh, yes, we understand that there will be uh, some uh, uh, some pieces of you know. Uh, jobs there and there, but then there has to be a, at least a strategy that treasury present from time to time from us to say no. Look, we have finally done come up with this mechanism or this way in order to intervene in as far as the job uh, unemployment uh, is concerned and job creation is concerned. I think one would be very much happy if that could be you know a direction that. At any of the day, the treasury would think of uh, about. Secondly, my question is on uh, on health, uh, honourable chair. The issue of state uh, pharmaceutical company. Uh, yes, I. Uh, there's, there's a good move in as far as you know, uh, looking at the budget of health, but then looking at the developments uh, imposed by COVID-19 and the experience. We thought that maybe, uh, unless I missed something uh, there in the presentation, but then I think the issue of state pharmaceutical companies very much crucial uh, in as far as health is concerned, because we would understand that we then rely on the imports of uh, medicine from other foreign companies, whereas, we have a very nice uh, resolution to implement in as far as state pharmaceutical company is. So maybe an update around that, uh, in as far as budgeting is concerned, uh, to realize this objective of, you know, fully uh, flushed uh, flushed state pharmaceutical companies. Is there fund that has been, you know, been put? Uh, up so that now this matter is been realized now, finally, because it has long been there. And then, secondly, is on the CCMA. This matter has become you know disruptive in as far as production is concerned because CCMA, I mean, it is, it is an outcry there at the, at, 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 at the public level, in as far as funding of CCMA is concerned. There has to be something that has been made because CCMA seems to be to have been stripped uh, to the bone as far as budgeting is concerned. So I think there has to be a way that uh, uh, we shouldn't allow a disruption of, or, or of production level because of uh, this important, very important uh, you know, uh, statutory institution. So there has to be something that has been put, you know, so that uh, CCMA can be. Nicely budgeted for, so that it can perform its uh, function, in as far as you know, intervention at workplace level, so that the level, the productions uh, levels are not disruptive. Uh, because in the absence of such, you, that's where you get a number of you know uh, uh, disruptions in, at the workplace levels, because there is no. Uh, anybody who's intervening between the employer and the employee because of budget problems challenges. Now, I want to know from Mehadeb uh, around the issue that you said uh, that if departments may are not able to go to meet their financial commitments. They have to look forward for, uh, to reduce personnel numbers to meet their financial commitments. I think this this matter is a sensitive, sensitive matter that actually shouldn't come here uh, to 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 say uh, reduction of personnel numbers because it, it, it raise a lot of dust. Uh, it belongs somewhere. So I hope I'm hopeful that you uh, treasury is very careful around this matter because it may cause a lot of problem tomorrow. So I want to understand in which con- context are you referring to this? Uh, maybe I may have uh, put the horse before the cart, but that's my understanding. So thank you very much. Chief. Honorable Kaiso, <clears throat>
1: thank you. <clears throat> can Can I check with the oral members? Allow if has anything that you'd like to add. Chair,
11: my hand sir, up, please. Honorable Langweni.
1: Hi hi Sorry, I didn't uh, you no know, I never looked at the hands uh, Good morning and you are welcome please raise your issues.
11: Thank you very much chair I, I think I was cut out the time that you were, were taking okay. the, the hands the, the last part Not of problem. the presentation um, no, but nevertheless chair I have two issues to raise. One is on the SASRIA issue um, um, and, and, and pertaining to the funding that is going towards SASRIA. Why are we, or was any input or research done to check those monies that are going to SASRIA, which companies will benefit from the funding that are going to SASRIA? Because I have a problem that now we are uh, 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 giving of putting in money as national treasure to an institution that are supposed to have an insurance function in terms of these businesses. So when we are having a next uh, um, crisis like the flooding, is going to come back back to, to national Treasury and request for more funding are they not supposed to be self-sufficient to ensure that these businesses are, are, are being uh, are getting the uh, value for money or getting back the returns if they were to pay a certain levy to Sasria? because I don't know am I making sense chair but I I just feel it 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 it, it We might be giving an institution that was supposed to go to other functions in the likes of Danel or in the likes of SAA, but we are giving it to an institution that must be self-sufficient and self-sustaining because Sasria is having a function of, of a type of insurance. So tomorrow for the flooding, they will also come and ask National Treasury for money. So i like to know the list of businesses that will benefit from the funding that National Treasury will give to SASRIA or is National Treasury just having an unlimited card and just giving monies to SASRIA and not knowing how and where these monies will be used. The second one, uh, Jay, it's on the the one that I think Mem Khadebe was speaking to It's the the problem that I'm picking up, National Treasury don't have, um, or is not proactive in ensuring that we don't have departments that are doing rentals. Because now you are giving money as National Treasury are not playing a proactive role to ensuring that as a department of defense, as a department of police, that your rental structure within your budget doesn't exceed other components of the budget. Like, for instance, what we have heard and defense uh, chair, that our soldiers doesn't even have uniforms. Our soldiers doesn't have even ammunition. So if South Africa were to go into a war, we are having soldiers that won't be able to know how to use a fire up. And that is a joke. But we are giving monies that is so high up on rentals and there is land that the department are having as a defense force, and I'm using them as an example. Is National Treasury doing an extensive research to ensure that the rentals budgets in this department are a bit cut down, and we're working towards more a way of having the departments owning their own buildings. I mean, you are government. There's no situation that is going to change. Tomorrow that there won't be a department of police. Tomorrow there won't be a department of defence. We must stop running the departments like a business. It's a public servants institution, and it must be dealt like that. This thing of this arrangement of rentals must come to a full stop. and national treasury must play a leading role and be at the forefront because they are the custodian of the country's money to see that we are stopping this uh, issue that high rentals are being paid to... uh, 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 all of these departments or to the private sector, that in fact, all of these buildings, all majority of them are white owned. Thank you very much, Chair.
1: Thank you, Orabun Langwini. Can I check with our members? oral members? Orabun Peters, do you have any additional question? Yes, Chair. It's coming.
8: this 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 camera makes people dance around. I don't know what is happening. So <laughs> I think I think I must just, just switch it off. I mean I could see myself dancing when I know that I'm not dancing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
8: <laughs> che. <laughs> Chepeson, should... uh, my last question to a uh, national treasury is with regard to the Sanral's non-toll uh, a, a budget, my question is, is it not possible that a national treasury, rather than Sanral not being able at times to spend its non-toll budget or underspending its, in, in its non-toll budget, and the executing authority not uh, being advised, to divert or the 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 accounting officer not being advised to divert some of that money to other areas where central services is needed. I'll make an example, Chairperson, and I know that you know the example that I'm going to raise. I feel I feel like a, 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 a broken record with regard to this particular matter. I believe that the non-toll uh, a budget of central could be used to assist. The many provinces who have got very bad uh, 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 roads uh, condition. If you look at the N12 that is going through uh, um, Volmaranstad, if you look at the R31, Volmaranstad is in northwest and it's a major network connection between Gauteng. And, and, and Cape Town. Many of the buses, many of the trucks pass through the that, that There's no longer a road in Volmaranstad. So I think it is important that a, a national treasury could be the, 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 the conscience of departments like the province of Northwest and the, the, the Department of Transport to say, You've got capacity with regard to roads building and technology uh, 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 that is related to roads in Sandra. Why don't you utilize this money in repairing this road? That is a major economic uh, 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 road. The other one is the R31 in the Northern Cape. Comrade Jefferson, I would advise you one day when you visit the Northern Cape, again, like you love visiting the Northern Cape, Go and see the R31. It is now a lake that has developed there, a lake from water, from a water treatment plant that has malfunctioned over the years. A road that is the R31 that is supporting the mines that come from your katu, your postman's bag, they pass through Kimberley, go through a, 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 a the parts in in, 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 in in KZN. So I, I think it is important, get, Jefferson. The, the, the road has now been diverted. The community of Butler West, that is 35 kilos from Kimberley, have now to divert to the M12. The, 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 the road has been extended with an additional 100 kilometers because that thing is a lake that goes on both sides. That water, Jefferson, used to be treated water sold to mines and to farmers. The Solplake municipality doesn't have seem to have the capacity to be able to deal with that water treatment plan. So I am advising, I know uh, um, there's one of the, the DDGs from, from, from National Treasury who once said they can't advise municipalities because municipalities uh, 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 have got this notion that they earn more than them so who are they to come and tell them how to do their work if they don't know how to do their work and yet take the package home they shall just check drawers then because it would mean that we've got people who knows that this water is going to be a a, a a a problem for the community but they are not doing anything about it so i'm asking treasury that rather than later on coming to us to request uh, deviations for the uh, the taught Can't Treasury and the departments, I know that departments go to Treasury with their proposals for budgets, but Treasury can then be able to direct them and say water and sanitation, speak to Northern Cape Province, speak to Northwest Province and, and uh, transport and the municipalities concerned. Let us deal with this, uh, a Rose, because it has a bearing on the taxes the income that a national treasury would be receiving from SARS if the roads are going to be in this condition. I'm telling you, that lake has got a name, but I'm not prepared to give that name here because it's anomaly to be sued. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Honorable Peters. Honorable Sarupen, any addition?
5: No, Chair, no additions from me. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you. you. Oramul Matafa?
9: none from me chair i'm covered thank you very much
6: no thanks che. just one thing uh you know che, uh, <clears throat> excuse me my interest has just been aroused by uh, the parting shots of uh, this presentation where as and others are just mentioned in passing and now i i had a second thought. Uh, that like uh, let me check with Dr. Mampo and the team are there no money issues related to ESCOM's load shedding I'm, I'm raising this because I held my breath during the ESCOM parliamentary committee saga uh, for I wanted to avoid the situation that at the end of the day, the whole thing would be thrown back to us in terms of money issues I just wanted to check with Treasure. Thanks, Jefferson.
1: Honorable Lenz, thank, thank you. Um, I, let, let me just come in there. Do, do you want to expand a little bit? What do you mean by saying money issues so that they can be in a position to answer better to a question?
6: <laughs> no, no, thanks, Jefferson. Thanks, Jefferson. I can see now you want me to dig deeper. Uh, No, I won't, but still, I will try to navigate carefully. My worry would be a situation where ESCOM's failure, which ultimately results to load shedding, which has now begun to show its ugly face, would be part of whatever challenges that they have. That they are, you know, uh, shortchanged in terms of appropriation. I remember we had from time to time uh, agreed on, you know, uh, special appropriations due to escort. But if you remember, Chair, there has been a stage where now we said, no, 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 no. We agree with uh, the minister when he introduces his tough love approach to these uh, state owned uh, entities, including ESCOM. So, can't they cry foul that because of uh, the introduced tough love to them, then they have now went back because it, it now they are now, uh, I don't know if they were a bicycle, I would say they would be pedaling backwards instead of forward in terms of implementation of their uh, resolutions towards uh, doing away with the challenges that they face as ESCOM. I think I've tried, Chair.
1: Perfect. Let, let me just say <laughs> uh, thank, thank you, Rabbi Lenzanu. As, as you answer the question, uh, Team Treasurer, please just uh, just to joke our memories, um, uh, how much has been allocated to um, um the capital re, uh, recapitalization of ESCOM, I think, from uh, 2008. And then, again, the allocation that we're having the MTF and the allocation that we're having uh, 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 this, this year to ESCOM to as you try to answer that uh, 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 question. Aravind Kaiso, anything that you'd like to add?
10: No, I'm fine, Chepesi.
1: honorable Kaiso, anything from your side? Okay, Thank, uh, 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 thank you. <clears throat> let, let me join uh, the oral members, my, my colleagues, to to thank uh, Team Treasury led by uh, Dr. Mampo uh, for the uh, presentation on the two on the two bills before the committee. Uh, let Let me start uh, where Honorable uh, Sarupen ended. I I think in. He posing the question. He also decried the fact that uh, we haven't had the minister of uh, finance uh, 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 appearing before the uh, uh, before SCOA. <clears throat> I think that can that can be arranged. Uh, but to facilitate that process uh, uh, through Darren oral members, if we could just identify those issues and send them to Darren, that uh, as the minister comes and address scorer, uh, would we'll, uh, direct him so that we at least were covered to know that the issues that we would like him to cover are covered so that would be my 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 my, my first uh, response to latch uh, on to let what honorable uh, uh, Sarupen was requesting so we can minister can always be uh, uh, requested to, to appear uh, uh, before us and let's uh, raise those issues mm-hmm. um um miss David just again to 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 <coughs> the payment for financial assets right uh, in 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 your, in your appropriations just to explain that again what what is it exactly that we are paying for there okay then uh, um, my next question uh, we i think in, in the next financial year we are, we are going towards the primary uh, attainment of primary budget uh, a, a, prim- a a primary budget surplus my question is: Are we not rushing towards the attainment of the primary budget surplus? Um, and uh, the uh, in 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 the light of, for instance, uh, <clears throat> all these challenges that we are having, um, <clears throat> it's, an import, it's an important an uh, important fiscal uh, indicator. But I'm seeing I'm saying uh, the opportunity cost of, of, of doing that. Uh, what's 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 your take? My next question is uh, we are having the departments which are getting ad- additional funding. So I just want to check whether you did check the uh, the history of their performance as far as budget is concerned, um, <clears throat> um, because I know that departments do always want more money. But to say uh, with uh, <clears throat> some level of confidence that we are giving you additional fund, your history as far as spending is concerned, it's a good one. Right, that's one. Uh, that is uh, under, in particular, under under, under under spending. That's one. But two, uh, the question of efficiency of that spending. Seriously, uh, are we getting value for that money that we, uh, because uh, uh, money important as it is, in <coughs> uh, uh, couldn't speak, they'll say it's a necessary but not sufficient condition uh, to proper service delivery. So, are we, are we getting efficiencies, especially with the departments which are uh, which are getting additional. A, a, a funding, and I think it's honourable um, um, and honourable Peters, who, who spoke about the Department of of, of Defence. Uh, this committee had an opportunity of an oversight of the Department of Defence. <clears throat> uh, we'll say the the obvious, the importance of 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 that of that department, as far as the security of our countries is is is, is concerned. Um, You also agree with me that there is a direct bearing to the destination of of investment and how secure our country is, Uh, uh, which therefore talks to to direct fixed investment, which talks to foreign investments, uh, and therefore economic growth and employment creation. a state which is really very a sorry state was shared with, with with the committee which is a result of uh, of, of decreasing in spending and I'll tell you it's very easy to decrease on, on spending especially when there is no war but to prepare for the war uh, and and God forbid so we don't get there uh, it's, it's not an overnight thing It's it's, 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 it's a process <clears throat> so um I'm I'm then saying uh, there's definitely A need for additional uh, budget for the department of of defense. Um, But again, we do have presidential employment initiative. The history of the of of the department of defense is that so many skills have come from that that department. Some of many of the pilots, in fact, uh, you'll find in South African Airways and many other uh, airlines were trained by the, uh, uh, the the Department of Defense. Uh, about Dr. Mampo about uh, two, three years ago, you remember when we went to the, the val, uh, situation, we also ran to the uh, Department of Defense to go and, and and help us there. And then saying that uh, as far as the allocation, budget allocation, with all types of uh, of allocations that we're having, I'm, I'm looking at the presidential employment initiative. Is there no way, of, of, of us intervening in, 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 that, in that area. There are many other things, obviously, that we're still going to talk about as far as that department is concerned um, in, in our report and so on. But I'm just saying, what are the possibilities of, of getting something uh, taking place there? And obviously, we can't speak of, 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 of defense without talking of, about DNL in this in, 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 in instance. Uh, it's a strategic nature. And uh, <clears throat> the role that it has it has played. It's one thing to give the money to pay um, a, a, a creditors, but again, it's one thing to for capital uh, injection to make sure that it continues to play its role. And further, uh, <clears throat> that what uh, Orabun Tanguine was talking about when it comes to to, to SASRE. Uh, members of Sasra pay, uh, pay uh, prim- uh, premiums. Um, so it, it's a it's a, it's a you are right, Rebel It's supposed to be an insurance company which uh, uh, it, it's self-sufficient, but it looks like it's getting the <coughs> a lot of money from uh, from 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 our side. And we are having uh, strategic companies like uh, like Denel, which we want to see them playing. They are in the security uh, cluster. Uh, the the security of this country dep- uh, 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 depends on on, 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 on DNL. So the point is Department of, Dis- of, of, of Defense and its institutions, uh what 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 can be done now or during and and TBS. It is an area of concern for us. Um when you when you look at this next question you look at COE's uh, we saw that Department of Higher Education and Training is said to be more labor intensive. But is Department of Higher Education and Training more labor intensive than DPE, basic education? It's, uh, can we have a, a, a clarification on that? Um, Oren Lenzana spoke about the possibility of special appropriations uh, coming before us because of, of LATS in case at end. But uh, uh, add to that, there's a question of, of, of rebuilding of parliament. Do we have any allocation uh, 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 to that? What is happening? Does Treasury know? Then, lastly, uh, let's, let's accept that uh, uh, the main um, indicators like your unemployment rate, poverty levels, uh, inequality, Uh, are going the wrong direction. But here we are uh, appropriating about 1.057 trillion uh, uh, through this bill. Um, And then if you want to look at expenditure, expenditures about two trillion rand. What is it that uh, uh, is not being done properly? Because with this money, we would have expected to see some dent on these uh, broad indicators which you always say that our aim is to try and uh, and improve on them. Uh, Dr. Mampo and Ms. Radede and your team, can you please respond to these um, uh, uh, questions? Let's go.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Let me ask Ravesh to deal with the questions on Sasriya Eskom Dineal, Marumu to deal with the wage bill um, questions, and then the public finance team to deal with their specific questions. Then once they finish, I will then deal with the political questions and the general questions. Is that fine, Chairperson?
0: Yeah,
12: perfect. All right,
3: thank you. Um, Ravesh, please go ahead then, uh, Marumu.
12: Okay, thank you, and good morning, Honorable Chairperson. Good um, morning. Good morning, Chair. Um, Chair, just to respond on uh, the Sarsia questions, I think maybe just to take a step back as well. I think just just to remind, uh, you know, the Honorable Members, um, that uh, Sarsia basically uh, will 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 only pay out to those clients who have. A Sasria uh, you know, policy. So for example, um, if it relates to issues of floods, uh, then Sasria won't, won't actually cover that. Uh, just in terms of the questions, in terms of the claims itself. So basically um, just some history as well. I think in terms of the of the unrest in July, what has transpired is at the time. Sasria only had run about 10 billion worth of um, uh, its own um, it, you know, capital itself. And in terms of the quantum of the claims that arose from the July unrest was around about 32 billion, hence the 22 billion request uh, from Sasria. And uh, you know, as of the 14th of April, uh, around about 20 billion of those claims uh, has been paid. Now, in terms of um, the claim amount, in terms of what uh, you know, t- you know which, uh, which, which businesses have closed down, um, we are waiting for a response from Sasri on that. So as soon as I get one, we will then give a response in writing. Uh, and Chair, and I think just to respond to the question just around the dividends as well. So in terms of the dividends, in terms of, of the historic dividends that has been declared and paid over to the National Revenue Fund, over the last five years, um, we've had SASRIA pay around about 808 uh, um, you know, million, uh, you know, in dividends. And just to highlight to uh, you know the honorable members that that only um, when sasria or only when an entity is in a position to declare a dividend, uh, you know, that will only happen when they uh, do declare or do register a uh, you know a profit so if they are loss making for example they will not be then in a position to declare and uh, you know and pay a dividend and this is what's been happening to Sasria uh, you know pre um, you know pre, pre the uh, you know the unrest where they've been having to, or they have uh, you know you know registered net profits and hence they've declared uh, you know dividends of $808 uh, you know million over the last five years chair to to the question um, around escom in terms of um, just around um, you know what they have been provided for or to in terms of uh, the support that's been provided so you would recall you uh, know members that you know escom has been has been uh, you know uh, you know has been provided with a support package of 230 billion rand back in the october uh, you know 2019 MTPBS. And of that amount, already 136 billion has been provided in in this fiscal year, which starts which which actually commenced in April. There's uh, 21.8 billion that will be uh, then dispersed to ESCOM in this fiscal year, and then over the next two fiscal years, that is in 23, 24, there's a further 21 billion, and then in 24, 25, a further 24 billion. So in terms of the impact of load shedding, in terms of what has, uh, you know, how it is, has impacted or how it has impacted, um, uh, you know, ESCOM. Well, what they have uh, been doing is obviously, uh, you know, using uh, a more, uh, you know, the open cycle, uh, you know, gas turbines. Now, in terms of the cost thereof, I, I'm not aware of the exact cost to date, but I know that they uh, have using they have used around about five to six billion in terms of diesel burn. But that hasn't meant that they would then uh, you know come back to, to us as the national treasury for further funding. They would then have to find their, uh, you know that uh, you know additional cost if they haven't budgeted for within the existing uh, uh, you know the you know the existing uh, you know cash flows. Uh, and also their savings as well. Um, then the question in terms of Danel, I think we've been having you know these uh, you know these discussions with Danel, with the Department of Defense uh, and Armscor in terms of how do we look at the future state of uh, you know Danelle, in terms of what uh, will the future state be uh, looking like? And you know, obviously from there, what are the non-core and the core assets? And if there will be any funding that will be provided, we we need to know exactly what sort of funding will be, uh, uh, you know, required for this, uh, you know, future state. But a lot of work has been done in terms of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, the businesses also looking at um, looking at selling off some of their non-core assets to also, you know, to, you know, to augment um, the internal, uh, you know, savings or the internal cash generations. So in terms of the work done, that's been done until now, that's the work that, that we are aware of. But obviously, there's a little bit more to be done in terms of just making sure that all the stakeholders are aligned uh, to the future state. So we know, for example, what sort of, um, uh, you know, funding Will be earmarked for you know for which uh, you know for which parts of uh, you know of uh, you know uh, uh, chair. I think that's that's it from my side. Thank you. Over to Mappo.
3: Yeah,
6: yes, I'm here, uh,
13: uh, Doc, uh, and good good morning to the honourable uh, members of the community. Uh, my name is Marumuma from the from the treasury, uh, responsible for for remuneration analysis. I, I think there were two questions uh, with regard to the wage bill. Uh, and the first one is around these issues of senior management salaries in the public se- public sector. And then the other one is on on uh, with regard to the the wage bill containment in terms of spending. And if there is any other question that I, I might have missed, Honourable Chair, I mean, uh, um, we can be assisted, and I'll be able to answer that. Just to start with the uh, with the one on the, uh, the the salaries of senior managers in the public sector. I mean, mm-hmm. and before I even the answer Honourable in terms of what is that we are doing. I mean, maybe if I can just give a little bit of a background in terms of the determination of the salaries, uh, I mean, of these cohorts and the Treasury's invol- involvement in, the, in those processes, and as well as the work that we we, we are currently undertaking together with the DPSA and COPTA, I mean, to try and deal with some of the problems that have been raised. I mean, we've got senior managers in the public service, I mean, which are mostly in provinces and national government, whose salaries are determined by the minister of the TPSA in concurrence with the Minister of Finance. And the salaries there are always influenced by what happens in the PSCBC. Uh, so so we, we wait for what happens in the PSCBC and thereafter we then adjust their salaries so that we can deal with the creeping issues. And then you have got salaries of senior of, of municipal managers and the managers that are, the senior managers that are reporting to those municipal managers, which are determined by the Minister of so, Culture. Sorry sorry, sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. My 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 approach is for interrupting you. Can you try as much as possible to show to show the videos and um, um, uh, show your faces as you as as you speak? Not unless there's a very serious challenge, but that's that's the main thing um i'll tell you that the the, the production uh, team they wanted to see us and people want to ensure that they're not talking to ghosts, they're talking to, re- to real people oh there you go Maruma, please continue <laughs> let's let's do that can?
13: no th- th- thank you thank you uh, Honorable Chen. apologies apologies for that uh yes uh, yeah i was saying i mean there is the salaries of the of the municipal managers, I mean, which, which are determined by, by the Minister of Cocta, uh, uh in concurrence also with the Minister of Finance. So we give concurrence there. And then there is uh, entities uh, whose salaries are determined by, by their boards. And we've got instances where some of the entities does the right to to the Minister of Finance requesting for concurrence, but not all, not all entities are doing that. So, so I think what, what we've been, I mean, the trends that we've been observing, especially I think as it relates with, to entities, and, and I will also indicate, Honorable uh, Chair, what we have done, we've tried to do in 2018. I mean, is that entities tend to just go ahead and, and implement their own uh, salary increases? As I said, some get uh, that do right to, to the to the minister, and then others don't. And it has also been raised. Actually, I mean, you might have recalled, uh, honourable chair. I mean, we just came from the public service summit. I mean, the labour summit. And it has also been raised. I mean, uh, in those platform by by members that are in the PSCBC, that they, they are seeing some levels of uh, unfair wage disparities, municipalities, entities, and 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 and, and, and the public service. In 2018, I mean, as treasurer, we tried to issue a a, a sort of a of a circular. It was not a, a any enforceable instruction you note know, because we were advised legally that we can't, we, we can't be able to do that. To most public entities, to freeze their wages, I think that was in relation to 2019-20 financial year. And what we've observed through that process, I mean, most of the entities came back to us and they were saying that, I mean, the issues of remunerations are embedded in their legislations. And as a result, they were unable to comply with that directive, etc. So, which which created a problem. And some, of course, did did did, did try and implement the directive. So, I think that's where we tried. We started to identify the weaknesses in the system in terms of how the, of the wage setting mechanism across all the public sector institutions. So, we took a decisions with the a decision with the DPSA after our engagement with the with the with the labor unions, and the PSCBC that. We will embark uh, on a process to review remuneration policies across all public sector institutions with the view of making recommendations to cabinet on the fair remuneration policy that can be adopted within the public sector. And we are working together with the, with, with COCTA because they are responsible for, for municipal managers and few other departments are also Uh, part of the working committee uh, that 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 will form part of that uh, project and from where we are sitting I mean our view is that uh, we probably I mean moving forward needs to come up with some sort of a legislation a single legislation that will govern uh, 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 the issues of remuneration especially as it relates to public entities we can uh, exclude the SOEs SOCs, in, in that legislation because they need to Run like businesses and compete with with probably other big players in the industry. But with regard to entities that are that really or that solely relies on government transfers, I mean the entities that are listed in, in Schedule 3A and, and 3C of the PFME. I think our view, and we've been issuing even in our guidelines that we we before the, the 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 beginning of each budget process, we always. Encourage them to align themselves to the public sector. I mean, the public service remuneration strategy. But it seems like that has not worked. And our view moving forward is that, as part of this review, we can pro- We could probably recommend to cabinet that perhaps we need to come up with a single legislation. I mean, that can govern uh, remuneration in those in 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 those spaces, because I mean, we we've I mean, we we've acknowledged. From where we sit in that, I mean, the, the, the disparities that exist I mean, between some of these entities and some of the departments, and even when you look at the, in terms of the the service that needs to be delivered, I mean, we, we, we don't think that it's fair. So, so all I'm saying is that there is that process, Honourable uh, Chair, that 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 is currently uh, unfolding, and we hope that the process will help us to come up with a better dispensation. I mean, that that will that will be fair across the 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 entire public uh, sector. But in terms of the containment of the wage bill, as, as it relates to spending, I, I think from where we are sitting and, and why we say department must remain within the budget, from where we are sitting, I mean, each and every department or public institution needs to plan during as part of the budget process. And they need to also plan as it relates to their HR uh, needs uh, and align their HR needs with what they have in, the, in their budgets. And thereafter and ceilings are, are set based on those needs. And what we normally do to assist the process and make uh, life easy for, for this department is that we issue a tool that we call the human resource budget planning tool as part of the budget process to help these, the departments uh, to align their HR needs with, with their budget. And we agree as part of the budget process and as we continue the budget process in terms of what their HR needs are going to be and how much are those needs going to cost. And when you implement that, I mean, we, we then monitor you against that because it's a plan that you would have already yourself put in place. So hence we're saying that, I mean, for department, when we I mean, when we say they must remain within their budget, I mean, they must remain within their budget as it has been planned by them. So I think that is the strategy that 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 we've been over the years, Uh, adopting with national departments. Last year we started introducing it to to provincial departments. I think we'll go full force in the the next budget process and and fully implement this uh, human resource budget planning in in both in all provincial departments as well as national departments so that we can better, I mean, plan for our HR needs and better manage the, the the wage bill as part of of of, of our containment strategy, uh, rather than only just manage it on the on the on the on the agreement side of things. So so I think that's what we mean by that. That department must stay within the budget. That they themselves would be, would have helped in setting those ceilings. Thank you, thank you, uh, uh, Mampu. I think those are the questions that I, I did manage to to, to get hold of. But if there is Anything that I might have missed, then I'm happy to answer. Thank you.
7: Morning, person and honourable members. Um, Julia De here. I've got three uh, questions on my side. One, Chair, is for you. You wanted to know why is DEET the labour intensive? Because the teachers are employed in the provinces. So the 400,000 teachers would be in provincial budgets. Uh, National Department of Basic Education only has about 700 employees as opposed to DET's 30,000. Yeah. So that was just a, just to, to, to fix that up. Then, um, Honorable Peters, you, you got stuck. It is the COVID TERS. It was early in the morning, ma'am. I can see after a long weekend, <laughs> you forget the acronyms. So the, the benefit that the UIF gave in the beginning was the COVID TIRS. and then for the uh, actual July unrest, they initiated a new um, uh, benefit called the workers affected by the unrest benefit, the WABU. Um, and I can give you the latest numbers, but in the documents in the e e by December 21, we um, they'd paid 2,700 workers 10 million rand. Um, and so obviously as they, they will clear that out, so the number will, will will have increased. And if you want those numbers, I can get you the, those numbers and just send them to Darren. Uh, then the Honorable Kaiso about the CCMA. The CCMA gets a billion rand transfer from the vote of the Department of Employment and Labor and their budget was not slashed, as we've tried to tell the committee and the unions quite a few times. In fact, in this budget, 120 million is added to the CCMA. So again, uh, Honorable Kaiso, in the e e in the, the vote 31, which is Employment at Labor, at the end, the, there is all the detail uh, of the seven years, the pre- preceding three years, the current year, and the forward-looking three years as to the budget of the CCMA and what they intend to deliver. So so I really want to to make that point. Um, when we did fiscal consolidation, Chair, as you know, um, you yourself will will have, have said this. There were no only cows. So every Every institution and every department had to, had to face up to the fiscal consolidation. It wasn't that anybody was given special preference, except
0: for the four departments that were related to COVID. So, thanks. Um. OK, Mark, you may go ahead.
14: OK, thank you. Um, good morning, uh, honorable Honourable uh, chair and members. Um, if I understood the three questions that that were directed uh, to me, I look after the health and social sector departments. Uh, the first one, so why is National Treasury not supporting SASA on awareness of SRD to the public who qualifies uh, and so on? Um, So, Honorable Chairperson, I I don't fully understand this question. Susset does a a great deal of communication uh, to the public um, on the grants, uh, also on the qualification criteria for the grants on various forms of social media. Um, They do have um, uh, some budget for this. They also do have some accumulated surpluses, which we approve their accumulated surpluses every year. It is fully within the.
1: Sorry, 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 can I interrupt you um, so that I I help you with the what what the question was about?
14: Yes, uh, yes, Chair.
1: Yeah. Remember that Dr. Mampo at the introduction, he spoke about what is happening around the SRD the grant. Spoke about that, especially relating to, remember, there was a communication from Kosatu, which was which was talking about the 50 grand. I think. The question of Honorable Peters revolves around that that perhaps more could be done after having listened to Dr. Mampo explaining exactly what is happening because we are under the impression that the response of COSAT was due to uh, not proper communication or under communication. So that's 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 where it comes from. Not necessarily about everything that uh, 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 SAS and DSD uh, do.
14: Oh, okay, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you for that clarification. Um so so um specifically on the the three fifty means test dsd is is a meeting also in NEDLAC today with um, Kasatu and the employers today to further uh, explain the position they have taken on this. Um, so they have done a fair amount of work on this. Um, I think also that looking forward, we also need to look at certain you know what what other criteria. Uh, might be useful in looking at the um, most appropriate access to the 350 grant. Uh, For example, what we have at present is if one has, for example, say one has a um, a spouse of a policeman or an educator who then applies for the 350 grant, their spouse is earning a considerable salary but the the individual is uh, able to apply and successfully get the 350 grant because they may not classify as getting income in terms of the grant so it might be possible to devise a way where the means tests can be changed but at the same time one is able to keep the the intervention uh, affordable and sustainable so dsd is attempting to communicate better as i mentioned they're in nedlac today Um, but i think there will be further uh, discussion uh, um, even within government, on the feedback that has been given uh, uh, from Qasatu and other par- parties. Chairperson, on the, the important question on the balance between welfare and job creation, and what is National Treasury doing about this, I think this is a, a very important question uh, going forward or so into next year's budget, uh, particularly looking at what the president announced around what would, what would replace the 350 grants. Uh, from the the following year, and I think this is a this is a very important national debate. Chairperson is you know what is the correct balance between uh, income support intervention and active labour market interventions. One of the members in our team actually recently was uh, pointed out to me a Twitter poll among young people where about four hundred young people were asked what type of support they felt they needed, and whether the, whether for them. Um, for example the 350 grant or you know what types of interventions were were most important and at least 50 percent of the young people said that for them um labor market interventions were much more important they were you know very uh you know interested in work opportunities um and and that um you know whereas a grant might be useful that 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 there are many other interventions that are required so Chair, within the Treasury, our minister is very interested in this this mix, and with, and he has asked us to work further on, you know, social assistance interventions, active labour market interventions, including um, um, public employment interventions and social security interventions. And he's asked within the Treasury that there be several uh, streams of work done around this. Um, amongst people who in this meeting, Julia is is leading quite a bit of the work on the active labor market interventions um Madiba uh, Madiba is leading some of the work looking at the public employment programs so obviously this budget included both a 44 billion allocation to the SRD extension but also allocations towards the 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 presidential employment program so trying to to get the mix between active labour market and 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 social su- uh, support interventions is a very critical question for our country at the moment. I don't think we have all the the answers to these questions, and you know would would continue to support the committee's input in this area. Chairperson, on the state pharmaceutical company, um, I have not heard recent progress. It, it's not is not directly under the health department; rather, this you know comes through from the economic sectors. But the, the progress that you know, that I that we heard several months back is is, is not very positive. Uh, it's uh, the progress is very slow. The um uh the the infrastructure availability for this production is uh, not really at a kind of level which is perhaps um uh most desirable. Um The issues of the ability of the public sector to manage a new state owned entity which would deal with manufacturing production. There are questions around that also the financing issues around it, but also the the implications for the health sector on the pricing of and costs of medication. So for example, if, if the state-owned company were to produce antiretroviral agents, to what extent would that bind the fiscus in its procurement and in the costs of, of those um, medicines and would, would the companies pay more? A lot of these questions, Chairperson, have not been satisfactorily answered. And I think that's probably some of the reasons why the state-owned pharmaceutical uh, uh, company uh, deliberations have been proceeding slowly. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, back to the next
0: speaker.
15: Thanks, uh, Chairperson and Honorable Members. Uh, my name is Rendani. I will deal with some of the issues raised specifically on defense. Um, let me link the issue on defense with a question raised by uh, Honorable Mlenzana. I think he has a question as to whether does um, this budget take into account the recommendations by parliament. Um, I'm going to link this because um, the budget review, Annex IA. Uh, has got um, all the recommendations by various parliamentary committees, including the responses by the Minister of Finance. I'm linking this because there is one recommendation the uh, chairperson from the portfolio committee on defense and military veterans that says defense must be allocated funding to deal with their compensation issues, especially that compensation. Um, it's, um, uh, it's, um, it's the cost driver in the department. Uh, You will remember on day one of the visit chairperson, I think it's Honorable Mare, if not mistaken, he he was concerned with the uh, composition of the budget being 60% compensation and then the rest spread between goods and services, capital and uh, transfers. Um, The recommendation was made by the portfolio committee uh, to say um, we must deal with the, we must assist the department uh, with an allocation to deal with their compensation issues. Um uh, and uh, your 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 comment here, Chairperson, is that uh, there's a need to for additional funding in defense. Yes, uh, I agree it's necessary, but not sufficient um in 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 the sense that uh, you will remember in our discussion during your visit Chairperson, that um we discussed a whole lot of issues, one of which uh, is that we, we we also need some serious reforms, both in defense as a department and the defense industry itself, arms cardinal uh, and other role players. Um, because without dealing with the cost driver in the department, which is COE, uh, we'll hardly make progress. Even if we pump, pump in money in there, uh, we'll hardly make progress. Uh, let me elaborate on this. Uh, during, during the visit, uh, Honourable Ndamwini requested for an, an, a detailed breakdown of personnel. I mean, you will see when you get it, uh, that breakdown that they, we are seriously in need of reforms. So the one point, the, the appropriation bill uh, in front of you, it has got a 1.8 billion uh, additional funding allocated to the Department of Defense so that they can begin to do something. um in terms of implementing the the, the reforms, especially, to deal with the compensation challenge uh, in defense. So in the main, that allocation, it will be for the rejuvenation uh, of the defense force. I mean, the age age distribution uh, will also give you an indication uh, of where they are in terms of the age distribution uh, and the need for reforms. Uh, And again, uh, chairperson, you will remember that uh, even the defense itself uh, it appears to have scored on goals in the following two areas. For example, they made reference to, I think is the PW, PWC study uh, that made them to do the so-called uh, non-core functions, one of which is technical services uh, as well as um, the provision of infrastructure. Um, you, will, you, will, you will have uh, seen in that presentation, Um, especially on infrastructure, where they were indicating that they can do things much cheaper compared to uh, public works. I think that outsourced services uh, given to public works, uh, they must get it back uh, if their presentation is correct, that they can do things cheaper. I mean, uh, you also asked the question as to whether do we take into account uh, historical spending, uh, wastage and things like that. So uh, these are some of the things that we look at, and that's why I'm saying that, um, yes, I agree, um, funding is necessary, but not sufficient, it must be couple, coupled with a whole lot of reforms and also dealing
0: with wastage. Uh, thanks very much, Chair President and Honorable Members. Good day, uh, Chair and Honorable Members.
16: I'm going to... Answer the questions on water, and the DDG will answer the question on transport. Uh, I have uh, three questions that I need to to answer. Uh, the first one is uh, on bulk water and the identification of uh, beneficiaries. Uh, so basically, bulk water goes to municipalities, and then in terms of a municipality's uh, integrated development plan and the water services and development plan. Uh, water is then provided to, um, to, to communities. So beneficiaries are identified uh, to this way. Uh, the second question I have is on uh, Amanskro wastewater and being classified as a, a special project. Uh, this is again, uh, in terms of powers and functions, it's up to the municipality to do this. Uh, in this case, it'll be a um, uh, city of Shawane that'll be responsible. And again, the plans of the city, so the plans that I have mentioned already, the plans of the city will need to include uh, uh, this project. Uh, uh, in it. Um, and lastly, Penops uh, River. Uh, the question on that and getting the uh, budget allocation and uh, a capital transfer. Uh, river management is uh, a water resource issue, which, uh, which is actually uh, a national function. So what happens in this case is that if a river is, uh, is polluted, or if a municipality pollutes a river, uh, the polluter uh, pays principle applies. So what happens then is that the department, the national department, will then issue directives uh, to the relevant um, water services authority. And so that's how uh, this issue will be addressed. Uh, thank you. I don't have a, any more questions on water, so uh, yeah, we can move on to the next uh, next respondent. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Riza. Um, thank you, Chairperson. So let me just deal with um, the ones that have not been responded to. So Ms. Chairperson, in terms of the zero-based budgeting, what we did, and I think we, I uh, presented some of these um, to the committee. We drafted what we call a framework for zero-based budgeting. Basically what that framework does, Chairperson, it looks at how the different countries have implemented zero-based budgeting, what they have done. And from the learnings of those countries, we came up with Um, a framework that we're going to follow as um, South Africa. That framework was presented to Cabinet and to the departments, and it was approved by Cabinet. The framework is on the National Treasury website. I will send through a copy of that or a PDF copy to to Darren so that he can share it again with the honorable members. And we have started, Chairperson, with doing the spending reviews to try and find efficiencies in the system. We have done about 200 spending reviews or we looked at about 200 um programs that we assessed the two departments that were piloted that was the national treasury and department of public enterprises but we actually worked with the rest of government to do this what we are finding chairperson which um, deals with also the point of the rental costs basically what we found with the spending reviews is that. Um, there is no standard um, price that is charged on rentals and accommodation costs are very high. So we have been um, discussing this with DPW, but these findings, Chairperson, are still need to be um, presented in cabinet for the adoption of cabinet before we can come to parliament to present the findings on the, on the, on the spending reviews. Um yes Minister the Minister Kodungwani supports the the project of course, it's a continuation of what was approved by cabinet um but as you may be aware, he is still um, looking through these proposals that we have because they have significant implications said so for example, um part of what we have seen in the spending reviews are a duplication of functions now, a duplication of function means if you have to consolidate the function, there are going to be people that will be losing their jobs or you have to find them something else to do. So it's not an easy thing just to say um, with the duplication of function, consolidate the functions. We also need to think of What is it that we need to do to deal with the consequences of that? We have identified several public entities and departments that we think from a spending review perspective should either be closed down, should be consolidated, some of them should have shared services, and some must be put back into the main departments. But the question still remains, chairperson is, what do you then do with the people that will no longer be providing the service? And that is a conversation that we need to have um, as government before, before we publish this, because the moment you publish it, it means you have a plan on dealing with um, some of these issues. Um, another thing, Chairperson, that I think um, aligns to this um, zero-based budgeting and, and spending efficiencies is, is that, We have created departments to try and resolve a problem. So we have created a department called uh, Department of Public Western Infrastructure. That department was mainly, its function is mainly to look at um, government buildings and also government infrastructure. But what we try, what we're finding is that because the portfolio can be so big, there's other issues that um, the department is struggling to is struggling to deal with. That's why you have a department such as defence that is already asking for their buildings to be de, for, to be moved um, from DPWI so that they manage their own buildings. So while we have departments that are specific for specific purposes, sometimes it's it's very difficult to manage um, the system as a whole, but we have highlighted all of those issues in the spending reviews that we we embarked on last year, and hopefully we will get guidance from um, cabinet on what and how do we implement some of these um, findings. Other findings, Chairperson, relate to the changes in legislation, others um, relate to changes in policy, so there isn't isn't one project where we can say, for example, this is a low-hanging fruit, therefore we can just quickly uh, down a program. I mean, there's always the difficult trade-offs that need to be done by Cabinet in order for us to start realizing all of these um, benefits that we can realize, but as I said, the consequences thereof um, need to be dealt with very sensitively by, by cabinet. I am hoping, Chairperson, that I will have the opportunity to present these spending reviews to cabinet, and then if cabinet adopts the spending reviews, we can then um, come and present them to parliament. But I'm waiting for my, my minister to give me a go ahead on what needs to be done. Chaperson, in terms of the whether this budget has responded to to the need, I think what we we need to think about is what is the complete package of the budget. And I think Edgar um, or the budget office team would have presented this in when they're presenting the fiscal framework. But the gist of it, Jefferson, is that um, one, we have to um, look at um, helping the, the the most vulnerable in our society. We had to also look at how is our debt portfolio looking like? And then thirdly, we had to look at the potential to get additional funding. Can we get additional funding from the tax um, perspective? So what we realized, Chairperson, is that there is so much a budget can do in terms of responding to the complications that we face as a country that's why in chapter two of the budget review we focus on economic growth we focus on structural reforms that can help us grow out of this um dungeon that we find ourselves in so basically while we have programs that can help um deal with the unemployment challenges or job challenges what we're also looking at is how do we enable the environment um, for the private sector to come into the system um, to, to absorb these or to, to try and help us deal with the jobs. But you still have big problems. If ESCOM if cannot really service the country given the current uh, growth, growth rates or the expected growth rates, even if we have so many structural reforms, the fact that there is no energy capacity to move us forward, you you can implement some of these, but there's certain specific reforms that are so critical for us to move forward, and those would be the would be the structural reforms that we need to focus on. Another thing, um, Chairperson, that we need to start looking at, and I'm hoping that um, the committee can help us in those discussions. It's the discussion of trying to explain and understand what is the source of the unemployment rate uh, or the source of the unemployment and what type of um, people are affected. Because the key thing is that we have a basic education that is um, funded by the state. We have higher education that is funded by the state. We even have TVED colleges that are fully funded by the state. Now, what the question we need to answer is, uh, is, is our education system sufficient enough to produce people that can be absorbed in the labor market or do we have to start looking at Um, our education system to see whether are there any possible ways in which we can shape the policy such that when the students leave the schooling system, they have the required skills that they can be absorbed in the job market. So not only focusing on the grants, which are very critical, but also focusing on how do we skill our people so that when these job market, these job opportunities that we're talking about, that must be created, eventually get created, we can absorb our people into this job market. So it's it's a it's a combination of ensuring that we have structural reforms that are enabling us to um, have growth, which is mostly energy, but also the skill set that is needed. We need to start investing in that and making sure that our policies are aligned um, to the skill set that is needed. Another problem that we're going to see said, would be um, when we do climate change and green energy. Uh, do we have enough um, capacity as the country to change the, the skills? towards such a big change that is going to happen eventually. So it's inevitable that we're going to get to clean energy, we're going to get to um, climate change um, issues. Do we have the tools in our education system to channel or to change the policies that we have so that they can uh, train our people to be able to um, absorb those new opportunities in the future? I think that's that's what we need to do and chairperson and honorable members the good thing about not the good thing is that the budget process in its current form um takes consideration of the floods so we have a disaster we have a, a disaster management act that was implemented for, um, for or that was drafted for the disasters. So when we got the, when um, KZN experienced a disaster, it wasn't a shock to the system. It wasn't something that um, is not, can, we cannot deal with. We have been dealing with the disasters um, for some time now. So Chairperson, there are different ways in which this disaster is going to be funded. The first one is looking, and we have we have presented this um to the department and to the to the committee that is um dealing with dealing with us um the the extended national joint flood coordination co- um committee. So we presented this. So the first thing is that the municipalities their financial year end ends in June. Um, and it doesn't end in April, like a normal um, department or a province. Therefore, they can use some of the money that um, was allocated for the grant to to augment some of the funding that is needed for for the disaster. We have allocated money for human settlement and quarter in terms of disaster grants. Um, That's about a billion or so a year. That money can certainly be used um, to 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 augment the funding for the disaster. Thirdly, Chairperson um, and honourable members, the financial year has just started. It's only a month, um, so the departments have a sufficient amount um, to basically move some of the funding that is appropriated to deal with the disaster. The Chief Procurement Officer also issued. The regulations that clarify to departments um, when dealing with the disaster and the criti- the agency of the disaster, what um, condonation do they need? Uh, you know what exemptions do they need? Do they need exemptions so that um um circular was circulated or that those regulations were circulated uh, circulated to to the departments? Then i um, chairperson. If despite all of these reprioritizations that we are doing, the money is not sufficient. The departments can certainly apply um, for unforeseenable and unavoidable expenditure, um, which is something that we consider at um, around June, July. We're going to get those um, applications. So we're going to use the contingency reserve um, to basically deal with these, deal with the funding requests. So for now, Chairperson, we don't foresee um, us as the Treasury coming with a special appropriation bill given the mechanisms that that already exist in place to deal with um, disaster funding. So um, what we have heard so far is few departments who came to apply for reprioritization. Some of them came um, to apply for early um, release of funding. We have um, supported all of those proposals and we're working with the different departments to make sure that um, Treasury is not a blockade. Delay in releasing the funds, but at the end of the day, Chairperson, um, there is the Disaster Management Act provides the steps in which um, the department can follow, um to can follow to make sure that they are on, they follow the right procedure to do this. And the National Disaster Center is the core on which the applications go there and the proper assessment is done um, before funding can be allocated. So how we're looking at the disaster, Chairperson, is that we're looking at the immediate release where funding is already there and it's within the departments. And then we're gonna look at how do we rebuild. And the president has announced a committee that is going to look at and um, the procurement of some of these projects. So um, that would be in the medium to longer term. But in the me- in the immediate term, providing shelter, providing food um, the budget process allows for flexibility of moving funds. Therefore, we don't foresee um, coming to Parliament for for dealing with that. Um, Chairperson, in terms of the funding for Parliament, we have had a lot of engagement with Um, Parliament, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, and the Treasury. And um, there's different proposals that are put in place, but um, Parliament is still to do the assessments and the cost of this. So they are doing that. But we're working with them um, to make sure that when the assessments are done, we can easily um, assist them in how to move forward and in in terms of the funding. They have different options, Chairperson, on how do we Look at the short term and how we can link the short term to the longer term of rebuilding parliament and all of those proposals. So, um, we have had a meeting with the acting secretary and the DG of the treasury where we um, highlighted or when they highlighted what they require from us, and uh, we're working with them on that. I don't think the funding of parliament is going to be an issue that um, will require special attention. This is a an event that was not foreseen. And of course, we, we can definitely look at that when we do the unforeseen and unavailable expenditure applications that are gonna come through the medium temperature policy statement. And the presidential employment intervention in terms of the cash flow, um, chairperson and honorable members, I think, here what we do is we definitely get the departments to um res- uh, account for what has been paid for but the president um the presidential the presidency deals with the implementation and i think they can definitely give more detail on whether the money gets to the people on time but um, i mean with all of this program chairperson there's always Delays. Some of the delays are due to um, the request to to deviate from some procurement issues or delays in implementation or systems delays. So there's always delays, but all in all, um, we have we have um, tried to to provide an update in the in the budget review. So um, on page 54. Of the budget review, it just shows um, what we plan to do with the amounts and um, what or how many targeted jobs we're thinking about, and what the budget, what the budget allocation is. But most of these um, proposals, chairperson, are uh, looked at between us and the the, the presidency. Um, I think the other question on Sandra Nantols um, Chairperson, the, unfortunately, the fact that a decision hasn't been made on dealing with the ETOLs, Sandral remains in a very difficult predicament, and they, we cannot avoid it. So in the past, um, Chairperson, as you would know, the way in which we funded Sandral was a combination of looking at money for Prasa where Prasa was under spending, but also we uh, had to look at um, taking some of the non-toll monies to to deal with the ETOL debt. If we don't want Sandral to, if we don't want Sandral to default, we have to um, either make a decision on ETOLs or it's not even in either or, and then fund them on the debt that they need to redeem. So without us having a clear guidance of what we're going to do with eTOLs, we will continue to use some of the money um, that is targeted for eTOLs to deal with the debt. However, Chairperson, there was a road endeavor that took place much earlier um, this year and those um, those discussions took place, and we also, I mean, there's there's possibilities that the provinces can appoint Sandral because it's very efficient in implementing or um, constructing these roads. The provinces can appoint Sandral um, to do this, but with Sandral if we don't resolve the issue of e-talls, we're going to be stuck with an entity that is very good at what it does, but it doesn't have capacity to do what it has to do because no one wants to fund it, um, given the fact that we haven't made a decision on e tolls, Chairperson, on your question on whether um, we are not rushing the primary budget surplus, I think there's a couple of considerations there. The first one is, our worry about the current debt servicing costs as a share of revenue, we're paying a lot of debt um, servicing costs, 10%. And if you look at, which is what was our biggest worry, when we look at the composition of spending um, relative to others, you can see that the debt servicing costs um, are about um, 1 trillion, and this is just under social development, which is uh, just over one trillion. So if we don't, if we don't push um, Jefferson to try and reduce the state servicing costs, basically they are going to crowd out completely um, government spending. I mean, they buy, they surpassed. Um, health, community development, and peace and security. So if we don't reduce the debt servicing costs, then um, we won't have sufficient funding to deal with government priorities. So that was the first, issue that we had to consider. The second issue that we had to consider was the cost of the borrowing because the market doesn't think we are capable of managing our debt and our our fiscal. They are costing, they are charging us such um, significant interest rates in borrowing us the debt. So that in itself is not sustainable. So if we can um, bring our debt down and make sure that it is um, sustainable, then it might reduce the debt servicing costs. Then the third um, issue, chairperson, that we had to consider was the issue of the redemption. So when we were dealing with the uh, 2008 crisis dealing with COVID, we entered into um, short to medium term debt. So the redemptions are coming in fast. And what we're trying to do is not to pile up more debt, but um, to deal with some of the redemption pressures that, that we're going to, to have to deal with um, over the next coming years. And then Chairperson, in terms of the additional budget, um, especially that we are presenting to you as the committee and the efficiency of spending, I think what we, what we need to just look at is the type of spending that we are proposing to you. 10 If you look at the spending, basically the 44 billion is money that will be given um to, to the vulnerable. If you look at um the provincial health, that money is mainly to deal with um the COVID pressures that we're going to have. And you're right. In terms of that amount, we need to make sure that um. When this amount is spent and um, treasury does do a job in ensuring that the money goes to um, services that we need and that also applies um, to the local government equitable share but the other amounts um, chairperson are mainly for paying for the presidential youth intervention um, the provincial education is mainly for salaries and then for the higher education, this is a commitment because the students are already in the system. Um, that amount um, we have to pay the seven point seven billion is to make sure that the twenty twenty one cohort and um, can continue with their studies. So, Chairperson, what 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 seems to be um, a difficulty here is that most of the money. Um, goes to current expenditure, which is, of course, critical. But we haven't really had allocations for infrastructure projects. And this has been an argument that we tried to make in the past that we need to change the composition of spending from um, current to capital. But unfortunately, the pressures that we are presenting to you are pressures that are so significant, important, and also um, by law, we had to allocate um, funding for those. But of course, for the ones where, um, for example, the local government equitable share, um, some of the monies to deal with the floods um, of KZN from 2019 already, we need to make sure that that spending um, and accountability is done and is transparent and we, we can report on to parliament. We have also asked the department's chairperson, even if the money is within their budget, um, allocated budget, that they need to um, report to the treasurer on how much they have spent for the floods and um, what was the purpose of the spending so that um, there's accountability and we can present it like we did um, with the COVID-19 uh, budget allocations that we did. Uh, I think I have covered the rest of the question. Uh, just one, Bumi. Can you just um, come in to explain to the chairperson the um, the spending on capital on
0: financial assets, please? Thank you, chairperson. Hey, thanks, Mampo. So, uh,
4: chair, very quickly to um, address your question on what uh, payments for financial assets are. So, these would uh, mainly consist of. Uh, lending to public uh, corporations or making equity um, investments um, in them. So, for example, um, the allocations for recapitalization to ESCOM and the land bank um, are classified as as payments for uh, financial uh, assets because uh, they get expensed as, as payments uh, against the National Revenue Fund. Just to also add, uh, Chair, that uh, generally, Departments don't budget for payments for financial assets because of the nature of the transactions that fall under this item. But in those instances where we have um, recapitalizations, you find that because we know of them in advance, we would then include that in the budget. But other items that also fall um, under this category would include uh, thefts and losses um, that departments um, have to incur uh, during the course of the financial year, debt written off, Um, For example, money that is owed uh, to the department for one or other reason that cannot be recovered and has to be written off would also be uh, classified as part of payments for uh, financial assets. Then you would also have um, other uh, items such as uh, your uh, exchange rate uh, losses um, that a department, let's say like the Department of uh, International Relations, uh, and and cooperation would would incur as part of these items. So it mainly relates to um, all those uh, type of of transactions that have to uh, do with the, with with
0: money and payments related to that. Thank you. I'm Chapisanya on mute. My,
1: my apologies. No, no. I was saying uh, Dr. Mampo uh, and, and, and your whole National Treasury team, thank you for the presentations and uh, the, 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 the engagement with the honourable members on, on many issues. It's, it's very clear that uh, um, honourable members have raised very important issues, and uh, <clears throat> some of them are, are not just event issues. Continue uh, en- engaging on on, on on those issues. I think that's what is also coming from uh, your uh, your presentation. And I I think another uh, take honorable members uh, <clears throat> the um, the our members raised the issue of uh, us engaging with the the, the minister, and def- definitely we must take that one uh, 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 up. As I've said, that, uh, I would like us to start the process just throwing the issues that we'd like to the minister to um, <clears throat> to address us on. Uh, some of them have been coming up and again in our in, 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 in our engage, engagement. And then uh, um, again, uh, from the Estimate of National Expenditure Book, the thick book, uh, there is uh, there are details there about different expenditures and uh, even the uh, the historical nature of, of 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 that spending. yeah that takes us to the end of of the of the presentation by national treasure. Thank you very much. Thank you Thank you, you. Let's, thank you. Um, and let's let's go to um, the minutes. Just checking the date of the minutes.
2: Jefferson, we've got a program. Yes. Program first check and then the
1: minutes. Yeah, yeah. Can you please fly to the, the, the program, please?
2: Okay, Darren, can you please take us through? Each hey, person. Um, today we are uh, Tuesday, three three May. Is today's meeting. Tomorrow we've got PBO on the 22 adjustments appropriation bill, on um, the 22 appropriation bill as well as the second adjustments appropriation bill. Tuesday, the 10th of May, we've got the FFC. We'll be commenting on the two bills. Wednesday, the 11th, we've got briefing by Sazria on the. 2022, Second Adjustments Appropriation Bill. Tuesday, the 17th, Chairperson, we've got a briefing by Department of Public Works and Infrastructure on Appropriation Bill. Wednesday, the 18th, Department of Police on Appropriation Bill. Tuesday, the 24th, Department of Water and Genitation on the the Appropriation Bill. Wednesday, the 25th, uh, Department of Employment and Labor and Friday 27th, we've got Department of Social Development also on the Appropriation Bill. Tuesday the 31st, chairperson, we will have public hearings on the appropriation bill. And then on Wednesday, the 1st of June, we will have public hearings on the second adjustments appropriation bill. And then we'll also give National Treasury an opportunity to respond to the recommendations made by the stakeholders on the 22 appropriation bill. On Wednesday, the 8th Chairperson, which will hopefully be our last meeting, we are going to consider and adopt the committee's reports on the appropriation bill and the second adjustments appropriation bill. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Honourable members, uh, that's that's the, 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 the proposed program uh, for the rest of uh, the term. As you can see that mainly it's uh, about the, uh, the appropriation bills. Can you proceed on the basis of this uh, program members?
6: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chabazin, uh, here? Okay, I hear you, Orom just one little question, Chair, before I move, please. If Darren can just scroll down to the date of the debate. <laughs> yes, okay. is that 14th chair uh, confirmed? Because I would, I would, I would like that. Uh, we also, when we, we, we adopt this program, included. But Darren ended with an A. I know, of course, the, 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 the 14th is not ours, it's for parliament. But if then it is confirmed, I move, Chair.
1: Uh, Darren, before Oram Lenzana moves, can you respond to that?
2: Yes, chairperson, that 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 date is, is in the second term program of Parliament that was adopted by the programming committee. So, um, yeah, that, that 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 is the confirmed date, chairperson. However, it it might change, as you know, things can change.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, mlenzana Just just wait before you move. I want to hear
8: honorable Sheikh.
14: No, no, chairperson, it's fine. I will
8: second, second that.
1: Okay. That's OK, thank you. Thank you. OK, then you can continue.
6: Thanks, Chairperson, I move.
1: Second, arm.
16: I second Chairperson.
1: Thank you, Honorable Sheikh uh, uh, Ma'am, sir, 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 second. Thank you. Thank you, so, thank you so much. Then can we go to the minutes of the 16th of March 2022? Honorable members, they were sent to us. Um, do I have the move for adoption.
9: Matafa, I move chair.
1: Uh, Matafa moves seconder. Kaiso seconds chair. Horrible Kaiso seconds. Can you go to the minutes of the 22nd of March
8: 2022?
1: Horrible Peters.
8: Can I raise something, you know, uh, on the 22nd of March, I had a serious, serious uh, IT problem. And by the time I connected to the meeting-
1: Honorable, what,
8: what, yes. happened, what
1: happened to video? now? You you were, you, were okay now, Uchegi, the secretary in canoe, just- I don't
0: assist? know,
8: it, it has minimized itself. And again, I'm not a, a tech person. I don't know what happened. How do okay. I deal with it? You see, these are the challenges I'm facing every time. Let me switch it off, Chair. Okay. So. Earlier on, it was dancing. Now it is <laughs> half to me. <laughs> Can I speak, Chair? I Oral Peters. Yes, on the attendance, chairperson. I, I feel aggrieved because it's not like I deliberately absented myself from the meeting. And unfortunately, you taught me how not to remove my messages. And I got the message that I sent to you on that particular day, when the, 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 the machine was saying to me, I must open the meeting. Because I couldn't understand why it says I must open the meeting when it was already past nine on that particular day. But when I contacted the, the, the whip of the African National Congress in the SCOA committee, uh, I couldn't get hold of him. I tried, uh, the secretary of the committee, uh, 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 Mr. Aronson, I couldn't get, so I sent you a message. And then, because I couldn't send you a message, I thought you were cheering. When I sent you a message, it was going for almost half past. And you said to me that the meeting is over. I couldn't even believe. I even said, oh, this chairperson is so punctual. The meeting is finished in less than 30 minutes. And, and I, I, I raised it. Uh, I sent uh, Mr. Arantse yesterday a message, and I sent you also a message, Jefferson. Just to, I don't, I don't, I I know I have I was not in the meeting probably because of the technical glitch, but to be reflected as absent, I did not submit an apology. Maybe in future I've learned a lesson to say that I must be, pre, uh, uh, what is it? preempt a possible glitch and submit an apology in advance in the event I don't get connected. But I didn't know that I would not get connected. Just coming Mm -hmm. from a holiday and then I don't get connected and the meeting is the shortest of all the meetings. And I just said I I must raise it in the meeting officially. I don't mind if it remains as absent, but I would have uh, raised my concern that the technical glitch and Mr. Sally from IT also knows about it. He's been helping with the process. Uh, Honorable uh, uh, Matafa also has advised me on how to deal with this particular issue. And I'm happy the chief of the ANC picked it up also that MTN uh, uh, service provide that uh, uh, members always have a connection problem. But one time MTN told me that their engineers are busy with something and those engineers were busy for the whole day. Every time I call them, the engineers are still busy, but that's fine. Chairperson, I thought I must raise it. Hey,
1: thank you, honorable. Let me just confirm that you consulted me, trying saying you were trying to 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 uh, to, <clears throat> to connect. Uh, All members, guide me. But I think that should appear as, a, as, as an apology more than an absentee, an apology with a reason, which is a, a something which is beyond a members' control. And I think it does happen with. A, of us, most of us That's my my proposal any event uh, 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 objection to that
7: i'll support your proposal chairperson okay let's support uh, uh, that uh, chairperson
1: thanks support thank that you so chair. thanks let's during uh, 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 in those instances i think we should we should uh, uh, reflect as an apology and put a reason why why that apology because it's something which is def- uh, definitely uh, uh, beyond the uh, uh, members uh, uh, control Thank you, I think we'll, 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 we'll do that. So, March 22 minutes uh, with that amendment, can we have uh, the mover for the adoption?
10: I move, Chair.
1: Honorable is Kaiso most for the adoption of the minutes of the 22nd of March, 2022. Seconder? Uh, Mat- Matafa second. So that's the, uh, the the minutes of the twenty second of March twenty two have been uh, duly adopted. Any announcements coming from your side, uh, uh, Darren
2: No, Chairperson, nothing, nothing. I'm going to send the link uh, in the next half an hour for tomorrow's meeting, Chair.
1: Thank Thank you so much. Can I take this opportunity to thank uh, all our members um, for their attendance and their contributions? Uh, support staff the members of the of the public, the media on the on the on the on uh, the platform. The, the budgeting process uh, uh, should be a transparent and open uh, process so that the issues that we are dealing with are, are issues that the members of the public out there uh, are very much aware of. And even the challenges, the budget challenges, uh, the fact that there are so many ones and limited uh, resources. Honorable members, that takes us to the end of the meeting. Let's uh, meet tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chaperson. Done. Thank you. I we done. We are done, eh, Terin?
2: We are done. We are done, Chaperson.
1: Thank you, Terrin. Okay. Thanks,
6: Chaperson, and thank Darren for the effort of bringing me into the meeting. Thanks, Thanks. comrades.
0: Thank you. Okay. Recording stopped.